Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk about yesterday. We got to talk about last night. All right, let's talk about last night. Fine, we can. I think it was a movie about that, as a matter of fact. We got to talk about last night or about last night. No, about last night. That's what it was. About last night. That's a classic. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Uh, I'm bummed. I'm also, I also am uh, going to tell you that this is not 2024, it's 2023, so we got to remember that. We got to keep that in mind. But hey, I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated with the lack of voter turnout. That's the big thing, and that's the big takeaway. No question about it. And um, a buddy of mine sent a good point. He said, you know what? Republicans complain, but they don't show up on Election Day. 34% turnout is not going to cut it. When we're outnumbered three to one. And what can you say to that? I mean, the turnout was abysmal. It was abysmal by Republican voters. And so we got to figure out why we have to try to understand why that is. The turnout's the issue. I mean, that's the problem. That, that's the that's the disease. Now we have to figure out how we got there. You know, it's like. What what's what's the problem? Why why are we having bad turnout? Well, you know, it's like look at it like it's uh, you, your heart. Are you smoking? Are you eating too much? Too many too many. Uh, well, it's not red meat. They used to say it was red meat, but it's not red meat anymore. Right? Too many carbs. What's what's going on here in your life that is leading you <coughs> to, as Republicans to have such terrible turnout? That's the question. Now, be like if you went to a psychiatrist. All right, we know you're depressed, but why? What's going on in your life? What what are all the Tell me the, the circumstances. We know the diagnosis. You're not, you're not showing up. We, we know that. But why not? What's going on here? And then we got to figure it out from there. I, I reject the notion this has anything to do with Donald Trump. I, I reject the notion this has anything to do with MAGA or MAGA extremism or anything else, at least in our area, in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. I, I, I reject that. I do think, obviously, abortion is an issue. I think that the uh, loss of... Judge Carolyn Carluccio to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court says a lot about that because obviously she was pummeled by Planned Parenthood and NARAL and the other pro-abortion groups. So quite, no, no doubt that's an issue that's going to be a major, major issue on 2024's ballot. No doubt. I reject the notion, though, that 
That means that only pro-abortion candidates can win, number one. And number two, I reject the notion that because what happened in Ohio happened, that that means that that's the reason why somebody lost in the third legislative district of New Jersey or the fourth legislative district of New Jersey. Because I'm looking at the numbers and the, the numbers speak for themselves. The, 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 the absolute unquestionable reality of everything we're looking at is that Republicans, despite all the frustrations, despite everything, didn't come out to vote. And I don't know why. And I'm trying to understand it. And I'm hoping you can help me understand it, too. We all got to figure it out. Otherwise, we're going to lose in the future. We're going to lose. But I think it's very easy to come and rush to judgment and say, Donald Trump, this is about Donald Trump. This is Donald Trump. Uh, Trump wasn't on the ballot yesterday. It was an off-year election. It was an off-year election with historically low turnout. And that's the reality of the situation. That's what we were dealing with. So we got to look at it that way. And we have to then try to figure out the reason why Republicans are not voting and the reason why Democrats are. And we have to try to understand how it is that Democrats are so far advanced from Republicans in mail-in voting and the ballots. And they have that, that game down to a science. And we got to figure out why Republicans don't have that yet. And if we don't, we're going to lose again. We're going to lose in the future. No question about it. But I think we have to be we have to be rational and grounded here as we also look at this. And I got a text from somebody today who I admire very, very much that, you know, this shows that Donald Trump can't win in 2024. And if he's the nominee, we're going to lose. I I don't think that's true. I don't think it's true at all. I think that these are separate elections. I think that every election is different. I really do. I think every election is different. But why didn't people turn out? And the same thing happened with Jack Chidrelli when he ran for governor of New Jersey a couple years ago. And it looked like he was going to win, even though the polls said he was going to lose. And hundreds of thousands of Republicans stayed home and he lost. Why did why did 400,000 Republicans stay home in that election? They're not happy with King Philip the Unaccountable. And yet they didn't come out to vote. And Democrats, they just get it all in the mail. They just do the mail in ballots. They don't worry about it. They don't. Nobody gets inconvenienced. So as I was driving home from work last night, and I stopped off at my precinct and I put myself in the mind of somebody who had a really long day and wanted to see the kids before bedtime. And it was a little bit of an accident and I was running a little bit of late and I got to the polling place at 745, you know, but I didn't get to say goodnight to the kids. And I hate that because I love saying goodnight to the kids. I love doing that at night. I love doing bedtime. And Patrick was still up, so I got to say goodnight to him. And actually, Reagan was still up because Reagan is a monster and you can't put her to sleep. She goes to bed when she wants to. It's up to her. It's on her terms. Everything's on Reagan's terms. Nobody can tell Reagan what to do, uh, anything. She's three years old with, and she controls the universe. So she and Patrick were still up, even though Reagan was yelling from her bed. But I kept thinking, if I'm driving home and I don't have, if I'm not invested in this election, I may just say the hell with it and just go home. I obviously... I'm invested. So I took the time to stop and get out of the car and vote. But I think that that's the issue, though, and why the mail-in balloting thing keeps working in Democrats' favor is they don't allow anything to chance on Election Day. I was looking last night before the, the, the precincts were reporting. I went on to the New Jersey Department of Elections website, and they had already posted the provisional ballots and the, or sorry, the absentee ballots and the mail-in ballots and the, and the, and the Dropbox ballots. And I saw that Democrats already had leads in all of these targeted districts. And I thought to myself, this is not a good sign, because that means then they've already had a lead in this in terms of that organization. 
that unless the Republicans have a supercharged turnout on Election Day, it's going to be very tough to overcome these numbers. And it was very tough to overcome those numbers. The provisional ballot, I keep saying provisional, I don't mean that, I'm sorry, the, the drop box ballot, the ballot you place into a box, the ballot you put into a mailbox, the ballot you return, those ballots were all, all of them, in all these districts that I was looking at last night, they were all Democrats. Democrats were leading in all these districts. In the school board elections that I, were, that I was following, the candidates that were the Democrats, the liberals, again, same situation. Before the precinct, before a single precinct had even reported a a single number last night, those candidates were in the lead just based on early voting. They they were already in the lead by a a lot. They were in the lead. So then you have to rely on turnout on Election Day. This is the problem. I'm telling you this. I've been in politics a long time and I and 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 I I don't I, I have a problem on days like today. When people give me the 30,000 foot view and say it's because of Trump or it's because of sun. No, it's not. You know what it's about? It's about the fact that there are people who had something better to do last night with their time than vote or something to do with their day that was more important to them than vote. That's it. That's it in a nutshell right there. As much as they're frustrated, they didn't they didn't show up. It's just look at the science. You, you can opine philosophically about Donald Trump and abortion. You can do all those things. And yes, I'm not I'm not discounting the fact that. The abortion issue, particularly in the Pennsylvania Supreme Court case, played a massive role in this. They were killing Judge Carolyn Carluccio on the issue. But my point is that just take New Jersey's districts, for example. Look at where Ed Durr was defeated. Look at where in the fourth district where you had the Democrat win running phantom candidates and you had, what, 34 percent Republican turnout. That's it. If it's even that high at the end of the day, when you separate all the other things. So. Clearly, people get busy. We're all busy. We all have kids or we have grandkids and we've got jobs or we have errands to run or something. And unless there's a real passionate stake in it, for a lot of people, they're saying, eh, I don't even even know who's on the ballot. I don't even care. I don't even know what's going on. And they just decide to keep on going and not pull into the lot of the polling place. And that's how I'm that's how I look at this. These turnout numbers were abysmal. And I don't think it's because Republicans wanted to send a message that they hate Trump. I don't think it's because of that. I don't think it's because of MAGA. I think it's because people are busy, probably busier than they've ever been before. And so getting them to vote before Election Day has got to be the Republicans goal. It just has to be. It has to be. I know I'd love to wave a magic wand and make everybody have to vote in person on Election Day with a paper ballot and a receipt. I would. I'd wave that magic wand tomorrow, but it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They are never going to get rid of mail-in balloting. They are never going to get rid of drop boxes. They should. You should only be allowed to, 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 to vote by mail for very extreme circumstances. And these drop boxes are a joke, and they can be abused, and the cheating occurs and everything else, but they're not going anywhere. So I always tell you, I live in the real world, not the world I want to live in, where I can eat pizza all day and not get fat, and I could, I could drink wine on the air all day and not get drunk. I live in the real world where those things have consequences, and I just diagnosed the issue. Well, I diagnosed what the condition is. I, if, if I were a doctor, and I'm not, obviously, although I play one on TV, a very handsome one, I would, I've just diagnosed the issue being lack of voter turnout. Now we've got to figure out the reason why. Now we got to figure out all the uh, all the reasons that led to this prognosis 
this disease? What is it? And is it the fact that the candidates aren't inspiring enough? I don't know. I've heard that theory, too. But it, but there were lots of different candidates. You tell me all of them were uninspiring. I don't believe that. I don't I don't believe that for a second. Sure, some were, but not all of them. So I don't I, I just again, these these big pronouncements that people make on days like today where they think they can they can boil it down to Trump or they can boil it down to uninspiring candidates or they can boil it down. I it's complicated. The bigger question is. Why are people feeling like they don't have a stake in these elections if they're not presidential elections? Because the same thing happened in 2022 in the red wave, and it wasn't a presidential election. It wasn't a presidential election year. So what's the disconnect here? That's what I think we got to figure out. That's what I think we have to figure out. And I think, again, the problem that I'm having with a lot of political analysts today is that they're trying to take situations where you had dozens and dozens of candidates in different places with different issues, and they're trying to boil it down to a very simple reason as if that's going to make it all right. And it's just not that simple. And the other point, too, regarding um, the entire election day that we just watched and what we saw here, where you had phantom Fugazi candidates running in one legislative district. You had these horrible attack ads on uh, Judge Carolyn Carluccio. Democrats play dirty. I mean, they play dirty, dirty politics. And I still think the Republicans play just a tad too nice. Oh, just a little bit too nice in a lot of these instances. They play a little too nice. And I got to wonder if uh, we're not up in our street game enough. That's one of the questions I have today. So again, if you go to the doctor and the doctor says you got, you got, uh, a heart problem. Well, what what is it about your lifestyle that's leading to this? Uh, are you doing your ten thousand steps a day? I would say, are the Republicans fighting back? Are they fighting enough? Are they fighters enough? Or are they are they too busy playing defense all the time? If you go to the doctor and the doctor says you got a bad ticker and says uh, what's your cholesterol and you know you say well my cholesterol is three eighty and the doctor says well we got to do something about that. In this case, I'd say, all right. The disease is, we know the problem. The problem is Republicans aren't turning out to vote. Is it because people just don't care enough? Because it just doesn't seem to affect them. Maybe they don't think things can change. Maybe they're, 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 they're bummed out over the situation. I don't know. But we got to figure this stuff out before 2024, that's for sure. But you can't equate the two because they're two different years. It's an off-year election. And 2024 is a national election, obviously. And people sometimes just don't pay attention to politics. I mean, the reality is that even in a presidential election year, if you get over 40% of the turnout in some places, that's huge. That's a big deal. So a lot of times, even in presidential elections, you have low turnout. But particularly more and more among Republicans on election day. And so that comes back to the question I asked earlier. As I'm trying to get all the information around the patient here. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm, I'm just wondering, why are we leaving things to chance on election day? That a meeting's going to run late, that there might be traffic, that somebody may have to go home and, and deal with the kids because the kids had a bad day at school or something, or it's cold out, or it's raining out, or they had to run an errand or whatever. Why are we leaving these things up to chance? A last minute business trip, somebody's in the hospital, whatever. Why are we not seizing what is the system? This early voting system that we have. Why are we not seizing this more and owning this more? Because Democrats are. To me, as I sit here or stand here and look at this, I think it's pretty 
easy to understand. Democrats are kicking our you-know-what when it comes to early voting. They are kicking it when it comes to early voting. Bottom line. And for a lot of it, it may be just be psychological. I voted in person yesterday. I hate mail-in voting. I don't like it. I did not put my ballot in a drop box. But I knew with 100% certainty I was going to vote. Because I don't miss elections. I don't think I ever have. Maybe I might have missed one or something, but I don't think I've ever... I can't remember the last time I, I didn't vote. But I'm, I'm kind of an outlier in that department, too. So maybe I'm actually talking about myself here. Because had I been just a few minutes late, uh, the polling place would have been closed. They would have, been, they would have shut the doors at 8 o'clock. I wouldn't have been allowed in, 8.01. You know, I can't, I can't get in at that point. Or maybe if on the way home, Bridget had called me up and said, uh, Reagan just hit her head because she's a monster and she runs into walls all the time. And I got to take her to urgent care. You need to get back here now. And I would have said, all right, and I'm, I'm not voting. See what I mean? I hate mail-in voting. I don't like it. I don't believe in it. I believe philosophically you should have to go to a polling place and vote in person. That is a belief that I have in my heart. But maybe I have to get over that belief. Maybe I have to accept the reality, too. And maybe you do as well. Maybe we do as Republicans, as conservatives, as libertarians. Maybe we just have to suck it up and finally just get over it. And it's like the ex-girlfriend or the ex-boyfriend who just you can't you, know, you keep pining over them. But eventually you got to move on with your life. Maybe at some point we just have to move on. We can't keep pining for the good old days of in-person voting anymore. Oh, I remember when we'd all have to wait in line to vote. Everybody would have to be there. If you weren't there and you didn't have a good excuse, you didn't vote that day. Seems like an ancient memory now. But I'm the first to admit I'm guilty of this. I don't like voting by mail. I don't like the idea of putting my ballot into a box that is unsupervised. There's only a camera on it. I don't like it. I don't like people knowing who I voted for. I don't want some some person in the Board of Elections reading it. I I don't like it. I'm part of the problem. So I'm part of the problem. That I'm as I'm diagnosing this here, I'm part of the issue. It'd be like now the doctor turns to me and says, Well, all right, you got heart issues. Are you walking ten thousand steps a day? No. Well, why don't you start there? I don't like it. I don't like walking ten thousand steps a day. It's a big pain. It takes a lot of time out of my day. I don't like doing it. Well, you better. Or you're going to die. So you turn to the Republican who says, I don't like voting by mail. I don't like voting by mail. I don't like voting by mail. I don't want to put my ballot in a drop box. I don't want to do these things. Well, you better or we're going to die on Election Day in 2024. Because the one thing I can guarantee you is as good as the Democrats pregame was in this election, it's going to be even better next year. The pregame in this election, pre-gaming typically would mean before you go to an event, you know, you have a, a beer or a glass of wine or something, then you go to the event, you pre-game, like tailgating. The tailgating before the game of Election Day, the Democrats' tailgating game was on fire yesterday. It was spot on. They had it, they had it down to a science. And it's going to be even better in 2024. The pre-game tailgating in 2024 is going to be even better. So I'm the first to say I hate mail-in uh, voting. I hate it. I hate it. I'm the first to say I hate these drop boxes. And I'm the first to say I don't do any of those things. I go in person. And at the very same time, I'm saying all these things. I'm realizing as I'm saying all these things, this is the problem. Because we're giving people too many reasons to not vote. And we need to make it easier. We need to take advantage of the fact that all we have to do is just stick a ballot in their hand. And let it, let it, let it, let it go from there. That's it.
That's what I got. What do you got? 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. But the one thing I do know is this was not about Donald Trump. This is not a national election. Trying to tie what happened to Ed Durr to Donald Trump is stupid. Tying to try, uh, tying to try what happened in the fourth legislative district to Trump is stupid. The same thing with Carolyn Carluccio. It's just it, you got to look at the candidates, not people who aren't on the ballot. But how big is the abortion issue going to be in 2024? And how do Republicans navigate that issue? How do they navigate that issue in a way that does not cost them the election? Because one thing I know is that the massive amount of money that was spent by these pro-abortion groups in 2023, triple that, quadruple that in 2024. No question about it. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Your calls on this. I want to hear from you and I'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Zioli Show. On your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Horrible song. I hate it. What is it? I hate it. What is it? Terrible. Maybe if you gave it a chance and listened to the lyrics. I don't like it. What is it? All right, who is it? Walk on Water by 30 Seconds to Mom. All right, keep playing. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. I like it. Go ahead. Keep going. Turn it up a little bit. Kind of angry. I gave you props to uh, the, the corporate overlord slash Darth Stalker slash executive producer of Kale & Company slash co-host of Kale & Company slash program director slash brand manager slash El Jefe. I mentioned the fact that the Daily Caller wrote a story about Alan Dershowitz trashing Barack Obama on the show, this show, yesterday. And I said, Henry did a great job maximizing it on social media. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Alan Dershowitz calls out Obama, calls Obama a villain over Israel. Hamas war comments said he'd never support him again. Daily Caller writing this and they cite this show and they cite my tweet, which Henry posted yesterday, which has it's really cool because it's got the audio in it. And, and then if you watch it, you can see a picture of me and Dersh. <laughs> it, got, it has 14,000 views already. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. And now we'll get more since the Daily Caller picked it up. So that's good. And that's just Twitter, too. It's on Instagram as well. Well done. Well done. Uh, 855-839-1210. I will tell you this, though. In the 4th Legislative District of New Jersey, I'm going to take your calls in just a second, I promise. So just, just hang on for me one second. Let me just get through this. I, guess I'm, I like to look at data. I like to look at numbers. The phantom candidate in that race was a guy named Giuseppe Costanzo, <coughs> a Fugazi. 
Fugazi candidate. Democrats orchestrated one of the greatest political tricks of all time. So this guy, Paul Moriarty, is a Democrat. He's now the senator-elect for this district. He won with 12,513 votes. Christopher Del Borello, who I had on the show, the Republican, lost to him. He had 12,460 votes. Now, Matt DeSantis, since you're an elitist Harvard snob, can you do the math for me real, real quick on that? Oh, you're screening calls. All right. 12,513 minus 12,460. So how many votes is that differential? 53, right? 50, what was the number? What was the numbers? Yeah. 12,513 minus 12,460. Okay, what do we got? 53. Yeah. 53 votes. Giuseppe Costanzo, the Fugazi candidate, received 893 votes. The people that voted for Giuseppe Costanzo were fooled into voting for somebody who was running as the real conservative in the race. And he doesn't exist. Now, if he was not in the race and those numbers had gone to Chris Del Borello, he'd be senator-elect today. So I want to, I, I'm telling you this because I've been trying, and David Wildstein from NJ Globe, to his credit, was trying, and Matt Rooney from Save Jersey was trying. We have been trying to bring this to everybody's attention, this phantom Fugazi candidate, this Giuseppe Costanzo. And this, this guy took 893 votes away in an election that was decided by 53 votes. You see what I mean about Democrat dirty tricks? You see what I mean about not taking a single vote for granted? Now, how many more people could have voted by mail ahead of time that might have pushed Chris Del Borello over the top to offset the votes taken away by this dirty, dirty trick played on us by the Democrats in this Giuseppe Costanzo? Great question. But don't deny Democrat dirty tricks for a second here, please, because this race... Del Borello lost, not because of Trump, not because of abortion. Del Borello lost this race because the Democrats had a phantom candidate who took 893 votes away from him, which was 3.45%. The differential between the winner, the Democrat winner, and the Republican is statistically negligible. It's 53 votes. Uh, Lori's in Westchester. Lori, hi. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, that story, um, um, my jaw's on the floor right now, that, that story that you were just talking about. Um, so the reason I was calling is just um, there was a woman who called in uh, probably about 30 minutes ago from Chester County talking about um, that nobody knocked on her door and, and nobody's doing anything. And I, um, I really beg to differ with that because uh, there's a lot of opportunities for people to get involved and volunteer. Like uh, my husband and I, we, you know, we were poll watchers these last two years and um, you know, it takes a lot to, to run and, and to, you know, produce the, the, you know, the whole machine that, that runs. So I, I would just say to her, like, if, if, if you have something, you know, some energy and you wanted to get involved, there's lots of different ways to do that. Uh, and, you know, the Republican committee would would embrace that. 
um, yeah, I just uh, well, you, you, know, it's you, want, you want people to get more more involved as candidates. But what about getting more people involved as voters? How do we do that? that that's what. I, oh, um, I, I didn't necessarily mean as candidates. I guess I meant as like part of the um, like the volunteer situation. Um, like I said, like poll watching the committees. Um, we have uh, we have great committee members here and, and they've been working tirelessly for the last. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, they, they're they're working so hard. And that's why it's very frustrating if you've been involved in the process, if you've been a Republican county committee member or a volunteer in an election or something else, no question about it. So we got to get the people who are not engaged in politics, not involved in politics, don't care about politics, but are registered Republicans to turn out to vote. So we're less frustrated. Right, Lori? A hundred percent. And I feel like maybe we've been buffered from from all that um, for the I mean, we've been out here for 22 years, so uh, things were pretty good for a while. And um, I I don't know, maybe they have to get even worse now. So we'll see. Um, Lori, thank you. I appreciate your efforts and thank you for being a poll watcher, too. It's important. Thank you so much for your show. I always learn so much. It's awesome to listen to. So thanks a lot. Thanks, Lori. Yeah. Poll watchers are very important. You got to have those. It's critical. So I appreciate Lori volunteering her time in that manner. It is a volunteer job, obviously. Melissa's in Medford. Hey, Melissa, how are you? Hey, Rich. Good. How are you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Um, I was saying every time I go to vote, I'm in my 50s. I'm like, why am I even bothering? I mean, I really feel I don't trust the other party, the Democrats. Um, But what I don't understand is like people in other countries will go and they'll walk a distance. They'll put their lives on the line to vote. I do not understand why we cannot have a federal holiday where at least you open up the day for people to vote. But I think people are complacent. And that's that's the sense I get, that people are just kind of fed up. Why bother? I don't think it has anything to do with Trump at all. Um, I think pe- people are fed up with the process. I am, but because of my age, I know the importance, and, it, you know, my little vote could make a difference. But um, it's very disheartening. And then when I hear that story, what you just said about, you know, the fake uh, person, I'm like, there it goes. There we go again. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Um, it's hard, I think, to get people. I know my, my girls, which are younger, at, you know, they're at that mindset, why bother, why bother? But um, it's so important. It, it, I really think we need to put more emphasis on it. And having, having a day where everyone could just go, I mean, they have teacher conventions on Thursday and Friday, take one of those away. But make that day a special day for all of us to see the importance of casting that vote. That's my vote. It's interesting. You know, we used to say we didn't want that to be a day like that because we felt like Democrats would have an advantage and would be. uh, But I think there are so many Democrats now that don't work. Quite frankly, Democrat voters that don't Uh, work because I mean, it. they take checks and and benefits and they don't work anyway or people are working from home. So why the hell not? At this point, I mean, the Republicans are the ones going to actually work. They're the ones going to work. So it probably would help. Well, and I think it makes a statement. This is a really important, you know, thing that our country does, and we should support it and, you know, focus on it. But what about the mail-in val- balloting? What about the early voting? Uh, what, how do we get I, that game down? <laughs> I I think it's just training, because I'm the same way as you. I do not like online voting. Um, I don't trust it, putting my ballot in a box. I don't trust. Like, I went to the place, and I pushed the buttons. 
but maybe I'm old school, but it's like learning a new phone. Maybe you just, you have to be retrained and it's that constant getting that, that information out there um, to let us know this is, uh, it's going to, you know, it's going to be, it's going to work. It's going to, um, I can't think of the words, but that'll be safe primarily. Um, it's just, it's retraining people. I think people that are my age and older, because, you know, I like pushing the button. I feel like there it's going to work and, and it's going to go through and my vote's going to count. So I, yeah. I think it's just mindset, you know. I think you're right about that, Melissa. But, uh, thank you for the call. Have a great day. I appreciate it. Uh, 855-839-1210. I think she's right about the mindset. I remember the first time I was a kid, my parents took me in, in to vote for Ronald Reagan. And I still remember pulling the lever. It was great. Great feeling. But kind of like using a rotary phone at this point, maybe. And we have to just adapt to the new technology and the new ways of doing things. Adapt or die, as they say. Uh, Mike's in South Jersey. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. So the first thing is, I, I don't know how the Republican Party of New Jersey could allow a fake candidate to be on that long. And I'd love to know the legal, like how a judge could not put a, a stay on an upcoming election because we know there to be a fake candidate. I know it was late, but the fact that it got to that late and it wasn't found out, I'm amazed that the Republicans weren't able to step that out sooner. But I also wanted to share a story. I think we have to talk to people close to us because my mother-in-law, who's close to being 70, and these type of people, I think, engage with media a lot differently. Knowing her, she she watches the 6 o'clock news. And that's it. And her exact words were, I would never vote for a man that would speak like that about a woman. And I heard my wife respond to her by saying, well, you should care more about what they're doing in your schools for your grandchildren. And the disconnect between, I think, some people that are close to us who might have been old JFK Democrats, Catholic in this area, don't fully understand the difference of how the party, the D's have changed since that time period. And having those conversations, I think, are important. Um, so I, I, I first, you know, how does the Republican Party allow that to happen, having these conversations? And then simply put, with the, the mail-in ballots, like you said, it's a simple math problem. If, you know, I, I, I always look at turnout, and I can tell right away, just like you said, oh, we're, we're going to lose. If you can get 10% of that of that leftover population that didn't come out to send in a mail-in ballot, we win. So, like, I don't understand this pause. Like, you're saying I don't want to play by the rules, even though they're the rules, because I want to just hold on to how I've always done it. So I think there's some things we need to address here. Like, how did the Republican Party in New Jersey allow this to happen? I mean, how is this not stealing an election? I I don't – at its base root, that's what that is. How is there no judge that after we find out says all of those votes of that person need to be invalidated because they broke the law and we have to have a new election? It was a rigged election. We, we know I, that. It, it, no question. It was an absolutely rigged election. And we have to pursue whatever legal courses are available. And, and what happened in that district with this this uh, this Fugazi candidate here getting all those votes out. But at the same time it happened, the Republican turnout was so low in that district. And that's the other problem that I have. It, w- w- the guy, you know what I mean? Like, even if the phantom candidate had been completely out of it 
and the Republican had won, he still would not have trounced the Democrat in a year that I think he should have because he was all the, all the issues were in his favor. So we got to get Republicans out. So I think we're agreeing, Mike. I think we're agreeing on all these things. And I, I appreciate your observations. And thank you for the call. Uh, Dave is in New Jersey. Dave, how are you? Rich, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for taking my call. Can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Uh, just want to add a point to your question. Uh, I can only speak for myself here, but after the, the presidential election last year and Atlanta, not Atlanta, I'm sorry, Arizona and Georgia, if memory serves, we Republicans were winning that when they closed up the polls at midnight. You go to bed, you wake up, and in all three cases, they lost by morning because the mail-in ballots had to be counted. Now, how does this not compromise the integrity of an election? If you know the number to beat, and you know you have these tangible paper ballots, the only question is, can they be duplicated? Can they be forged? Can you sign your dead grandmother, your dog's name to it, and send them in to have them counted? Can they be harvested? Because if that's the case, that compromises the integrity of the election. So at that point, I think a lot of people just realize they got away with it three times. Why would they not do it again? So basically, you're casting a ballot for, for nothing. You're go- you know you're going to lose. It's rigged. But if you go into it with that mindset, then, you're, then, then we're definitely going to lose. You know what I mean? If you go, in, if you go into it with the mindset of it's rigged, we're, we're 100% going to lose. That's the other problem. So have we won since then? In, in some places we've won. I mean, yes, we haven't had we haven't had. Uh, think about it, though. I, it, in in terms of the presidency hasn't happened yet. Obviously, statewide elections we've had. John Fetterman and the governor of Pennsylvania won. I don't think anyone thought there was cheating in those elections. I don't think there were any allegations of that. So I, I, I you know, what I'm saying I, I don't, I don't think you can say that that Fetterman and Shapiro won because of cheating. I don't think there's been a, any real accusations of that. I know about Kerry Lake. I mean, that's that's a different story, obviously, but just in our region, at least. But what the Democrats did in Legislative District Four is 100 percent cheating. That's absolutely cheating. They they had a, f- a fake candidate running, and they took votes away from the Republican. That was their strategy. That's well, what they did, yeah. and they and they won. Yeah. They found a new way to do it, but the, again, that just discourages Republicans saying. You know, we're, we're going into this knowing they are not playing straight. They got an ace up their sleeve. They got something going on. So do you think people so, are staying home? So, Dave, let me ask you this. Do you honestly, and I mean this, I'm, I'm genuinely asking this question. I'm not, I'm not trying to be com, uh, confrontational in any way, shape, or form. Do you think people are just staying home because they think the system is rigged? Yes, that's exactly okay. what I'm saying. All right, look, I'm not going to just discount that because if that's, if that's a thing, it's a problem and we got to address it. Dave, thank you, buddy. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, excellent thoughts today from everyone. Really, this is really good. Carl's in Bucks County. Carl, go ahead. Rich, that story you just told about the Fugazi, I feel like I spilled dry cereal on the floor and my kid came along and spilled a gallon of milk on it. It just yeah. makes everything worse. Yeah. Okay. The people that go and they do their duty at the polls by voting in person like you and me, we're not the problem. The problem are those registered Republicans who have the option of either going in person or voting by mail and don't do either. And so here's what I think. The Republican Party of the national or state, every permutation thereof, has my email address. I know because I've been getting emails from them since forever. 
there's every every carrier and every retailer in this country has a way of telling you when you order something or receive something, it's been shipped, it's been out for delivery, and it's delivered. So why can't the party, I don't know where they're spending their money in Jersey and Pennsylvania, why can't the party, A, take the list of registered Republicans, B, distribute a mail-in ballot to each and every swing in one of them, C, confirm that it was delivered, D, notify you by email that they know that it was delivered, and then hope that you'll do your duty. At mm-hmm. least I'm on the spot then. At least I know that somebody knows whether or not I vote. Just a thought. It's a great point. It's an excellent point. I, I agree. I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 110%, if that's possible. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm an in-person voter. I always will be. But the fact that people have an option and they don't take advantage of it, it's just it's just sinful. Anyway, Carl, thank you. <laughs> I'll get off my soapbox. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it. Um, so Johnny Cook asked a great question on Twitter, and and it's it's a legit question. It's not again. I don't want to dismiss anything when you're trying to diagnose a patient here. He said, um, "Can you trust the United States Postal Service workers that they won't discard ballots in red districts? Do you trust the postal unions to not misplace ballots in red precincts?" Johnny, I don't trust anybody. I don't trust that the machines. I don't trust the 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 mail. I don't trust the damn thing. I don't trust anything besides a physical piece of paper that I vote with that and I get a receipt and that's it. But what am I going to do? I don't do I trust the mail any less than I trust these machines? I don't know. It's a, honestly, I mean I have no idea. I really don't. It's a good question. Do I trust the guy who's delivering my mail more than I trust a, a machine that could be manipulated and updated as well? I, but I but I will tell you this, and this is this is an excellent point that I just got from somebody, and it backs up what my last caller just said about getting ballots in people's hands. So my buddy Steve Packerduni, who's a great guy, and he was working, I mean, he has worked his ass off in Gloucester County since the entire start of this whole thing. And he said In his district in Washington Township, he had 37 Republicans that had a vote-by-mail ballot. As of yesterday, only four did not return their ballot. And he physically called or texted them every day until they returned their ballot. The Democrats do exactly the same with three times the number of vote-by-mail ballots. About 21% of Republicans in his district voted in person on Election Day. 21%. That's it. You know, I was talking to a a friend of mine recently. She was working on a school board election campaign, and I kept saying to her, get ballots in people's hands. Get ballots in people's hands. And she's a brilliant woman, and she didn't really know what I was saying. And she said, but yeah, but you got to go out. You got to fill out an application. You got to do a mail-in ballot application. You got to get the ballot. Then you got to return it. That's what the Democrats are literally doing. They are doing all of the, the legwork for, for you as a Democrat voter, and all you got to do is just sign. That's what they're doing. They are, they, are, they are taking care of everything for you. It's a concierge service. It's a concierge service where they'll take care of every aspect of that to ensure that that ballot is counted on Election Day. They are so damn good at it. So do I trust the mail? No. Do I trust machines? No. Do I trust drop boxes? No. Do I want to win? Yes. I don't know what else to say. People are not getting out of their cars and going into voting places anymore. 
And I don't think it's because of Trump and I don't think it's because of abortion. I don't think the reason why only 21 percent of Republicans in his district came out was because of Trump. I don't think it was because of abortion. We can sit here and talk about these big, big idea things all across the way about these issues. But why didn't more people who are Republicans get out of the car and go vote in person yesterday? Why didn't they do that? You think a guy's driving home from work is a Republican? He's sick and tired of paying high taxes. He's angry about Joe Biden's America, but he wants to send Trump a message by not voting in yesterday's off ballot off year election in New Jersey. No, I think he just doesn't have a stake in it. Doesn't feel a stake in the issue. Doesn't know the candidates. Maybe I don't know. These guys all worked hard. I'm not knocking any of them. Ed Dirt knocked on like ten thousand doors. But I think to just try to. Look at it from this big idea. You know, people say, I got this annoying text from somebody today. This shows us Trump can't win in 2024. It has nothing to do with 2024. What it shows us is no one wins who's a Republican in 2024. No one. I don't care who that candidate is. If we don't get this mail-in ballot game down. If we don't get this game down, if we do not own this the way they do, we're done. That's it. I don't care who the candidate is. Somebody was going on to, uh, with me today about how only Nikki Haley can win because of the abortion issue. I said, stop. Just stop. 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 Nobody wins. It doesn't matter who the candidate is because it's not about abortion. It's about getting people to the polls. And the ones who are motivated by abortion all voted yesterday. That's the difference. It's not abortion. It's the fact that abortion v- voters, the voters who were primed on that issue, either for or against, they all voted. It's about turnout, not the issue. I can't say that enough. About 10% of the electorate factors abortion in as their main concern in an election. But 100% of the people who turned out on a referendum on an abortion question, obviously that is a motivating issue for them. The reason why Judge Carolyn Carluccio lost is because the Democrats motivated all the people who vote on abortion, on the quote unquote abortion rights issue. They all turned out to vote yesterday. They turned out. Turnout is the issue. That's what I'm saying here. It's not Republicans don't have to sound like moderate pro-choice weenies to win. They just have to get their people out. Because the Democrats are getting their people out. That's what we're seeing here. Oh, and also they're running fake candidates who are taking votes from Republicans. Uh, 855-839-1210. I'll get more on this. I have to take a quick break, but but stay there. I want to take your calls. I want to take your thoughts. Today's a day for you to weigh in. So we're going to be a very phone call heavy show today, and I'll do my best to also read tweets. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you would like to weigh in today. I do want to let you know, though, holidays are right around the corner. So if you're ready to lose some weight... To keep it off, the real kind of weight loss that you have been hoping for, 40 days to lose 20 to 40 plus pounds with NJ Diet. NJDiet.com. That's what you do. NJDiet.com. I'm telling you, it works because it's based on your body chemistry. There's no shots, no hormones, no surgery, no prepackaged foods, none of that stuff. It's just real weight loss designed for you. And I'll tell you something else too. It, there's a location nearby. And you got the doctor's personal email and the doctor's personal phone number. So they're there for you every step of the way. Every step of the way. You can even go online right now to njdiet.com. And this is guaranteed, contractually guaranteed. So by the time the holidays are here and everybody's bulking up, you're going to look and feel great. 
guaranteed in 40 days, 20 to 40 plus pounds. Just go to njdiet.com or 855-5NJ-DIET, njdiet.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Your thoughts on the election yesterday. Lauren is in Cumberland County. Lauren, hello. Oh, hi, Rich. Hi, Rich. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, You were talking about um, having to do a mail-in, and you don't have to do a mail-in. We do have early voting. And uh, they're just not letting people know. True. that's an excellent point. You know what? You're so right. You're so right. I, I, I Shame on me for not mentioning that as well. We had a week of early voting, a week of in-person early voting, and never occurred to me to vote early. Never occurred to me because I like voting on Election Day. And how many other I'm people we could have gotten to the polls earlier to vote in person? Okay, you don't want to do mail ballot? You don't want to do Dropbox? Then I'll pick you up at 4 o'clock. I'll drive you over to the polling I'll meet you there after work. And and make sure you go in there and vote. We had a whole week to do that. You're right. We we do, and and I I get frustrated because I think that um, we we have to let people know the importance of the legislature because they determine how we vote. They make all the rules for that. Yeah. But we live in the world, the real world, right, Lauren? And to your point, we have three ways to get people to vote before the election day even happens. By mail, Mm -hmm. Dropbox, or in-person early voting. And Lauren, I'm so glad you reminded me of that fact, because I have not mentioned it up until now. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. You have a great day. You're welcome. You're welcome. She's right. We, and, 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 so, again, I, this is why I get frustrated. You know, I get frustrated and I start yelling. My Italian gets up. My testosterone goes crazy. But don't tell me abortion is the issue. No, abortion voters are the issue. They all turned up to vote. Every single voter who their first thing in mind that's top of mind to them is abortion rights. I'm using that in air quotes because that's how they use it. They, they all voted. They all voted. It's not the issue. It's the voters. That's the issue. That's the deal. I'll give you, uh, in 1993, gun voters showed up and showed Jim Florio the door. The gun owners showed up. Florio free in 93. Remember that saying if you're a Jerseyan or Jerseyite, whatever the hell we are? Yeah, that was the gun people behind that. The abortion people showed up it's not that the issue is a killer it's that i mean it is obviously no pun intended but it's just that the voters who are motivated by that they all show up on election day or or three weeks before election day they put the ballot in the mailbox whatever it is all right i gotta take a quick break quick break coming right back your calls 855-839-1210 don't go away Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Today's your day. Today's your day to vent about yesterday, a disappointing day. And we got to talk about last night. About last night, 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. 
By the way, the House uh, Oversight Committee has subpoenaed Hunter Biden and also the brother of Joe Biden as well. Some breaking news on the show. House Oversight subpoena a subpoena is Hunter Biden, president's brother and ex-business associate. That just happened a short time ago. But uh, yesterday was disappointing. And we're talking about why. My theory, my analysis, if you're just joining me. And by the way, where have you been? Also, too, thanks to The Daily Caller for writing a story about the Alan Dershowitz interview yesterday where he uh, said the quiet part out loud. Barack Obama is the villain behind all this, this whole thing with Israel and Iran. So thanks to them for publishing that. I appreciate that very, very much. My opinion is, and I'm looking at data, I'm looking at facts, I'm looking at numbers. Voter turnout yesterday by Republicans was abysmal, abysmal. Why? That's the question. And what do we do about it? And my prescription that I'm offering is Republicans have to just deal in the world that we live in and get their voters to vote before Election Day. They have three ways to do it. By mail, which I know we don't like. By drop boxes, which I know we don't like. Early voting in person, which I also know we don't like. But regardless of all those things, we have to do it. We have to seize it and we have to do it or we're going to lose. Done. That's it. Not about Trump. It's not about abortion. It's about that. It's about getting people out to vote, period. The abortion people all turned out to vote yesterday. Voter turnout is the issue. Bottom line, it's that, it's period. And I don't think I'm wrong on that point. And I don't like it. I don't like voting by mail. I don't like drop boxes. And I don't like the idea of early voting. But nevertheless, there's lots of things I don't like that I have to do because I have to do it. Like drink red wine every day for my heart. I don't like to, but I have to. Okay? 855 All right, maybe that last part I exaggerated. Uh, Gary's in Cape May, beautiful Cape May, home of the Grand Hotel, my happy place. Hello, Gary. Hey, Rich, how are you? Good, how are you? Just walking, just walking down the promenade past your favorite place a minute ago. Um, yeah, abortion, I was, I was calling to talk about that. Uh, I, I think you've covered it. And unfortunately, it is a huge issue. And issues are what drives vote. And it, all you have to do is look what happened in Ohio yesterday to see that. So, uh, yeah, abortion's a big deal, and uh, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, evidently, the women in this country um, have decided that killing babies is their number one issue, and it's a disgrace, and it's a, it's a shame, and there's a lot of other and, – and, and that vote out in Ohio the other day, by the way, those aren't all Democrats that are voting for that abortion up to 40 weeks as a constitutional amendment out in Ohio. So, anyway – I'll move away from that. I want to talk about voter turnout. My wife and I just recently uh, retired down here in Cape May, and she reached out to the uh, Republican Party down here. We were looking to volunteer to do work. No one ever got back to us. No one ever got back to us. Um, I think the Republicans, uh, the people that are running the Republican Party and the people who are deciding, uh, you know, what's going on are not doing a good job. I think they need to be replaced. I need to, I think they need to be gotten rid of. I think they're 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 sitting there doing nothing. Okay, so uh, in terms of what we need to do, uh, uh, getting voter turnout, you know, it'd be nice if somebody from the KMA Republican Party got back to my wife and I and said, hey, yeah, we'd love to have you help. I'll just leave it at that. 
I'm surprised they didn't because the county chairman's a hell of a guy, and I'm I'm surprised they never got back to us, Rich. They never yeah. got back to us, and and it's it's just disgrace, and and that's part of the problem. I mean, here you have somebody. Uh, you know, I'm retired. My wife retired. We're down here. We'd be happy to go out there and knock on doors and do the things we need to do. But nobody gets back to us. That's a, that's uh, that's not good. Not a good thing. So, Gary, um, and, and, you know, yeah, no, thanks, buddy. And, and listen, enjoy this beautiful day in Cape May. I'm jealous. I wish I was down there. <laughs> it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I'm sure it is. <laughs> Take care. Thanks, Gary. Uh, Pam is in New Jersey. Hello, Pam. Hello there, Rich. I'm a longtime fan spoken to you in the past. Thank you. Living like in Burlington County in Riverton. And uh, first of all, I want to thank you for a shout out to my husband and I about our daughter. That was very nice um, that you, I didn't hear it, but Steve did. Oh, so you're the couple that adopted you. the child because of <laughs> you were, that's amazing. Your daughter's gorgeous. Ileana. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. There yeah, you go. She's gorgeous. Congratulations <laughs> on that. That was, I'd say when you when your husband told me that, Patrick, Patrick's adoption inspired you too. I was, I was blown away by that. That made my, that made my week. Thank you for that. Well, anyway, just wanted to thank you and just wanted to say, you know, we appreciate that. Um, but I, I've, I've been wanting to call you for some time about the Republican party. I've been a Republican since I was 18 years old in 1973 and campaigned for Nixon. Um, you know, and I've just seen it transform to a party that is so um, just disconnected with each other. And I feel like there is nothing that they do and stand together about. They hated President Trump. Paul Ryan set out to destroy Trump and then blamed him for losing the next election, which was, I believe, in 18. Um, It had nothing to do with that. They should have stood behind President Trump. He was voted as president and how like how they could have backstabbed him at every turn is disgusting to me. And I have toyed with the idea of going independent. My husband and I both have. And I just don't like I'm frustrated. I feel like they will not fight for what's right. They just want to be liked by the Democrats. They never will be liked by the Democrats. Liz Cheney and Alan Kinzinger and Christie, they want to be loved. They want to go on those shows. They love them only because they hate Donald Trump. That's all. And that's what I'm so frustrated about. I wish that they would stand together. I wish they would stop being just wimps and do the right thing by the American people. I don't even want any communication from the RNC. Rona McDaniel should have not been the chair. And it's just one thing after another. But I agree with all that you've said. And I agree with all your callers about the voting. We, we need to we need to. This is where we are. We need to do it. We my husband and I always go and and vote in person. But, you know, that's us. We're old, we're old school. Excuse me. We're old school. So that's what we do. But, you know, I don't know what it's going to take with the Republican Party. I just feel like. They are just working somehow with the Democrats. There's some well, I think on the national level, you're, you're right. But obviously, yeah. as we yeah. know from your county in Gloucester, for example, uh, good people there working really, really hard. Pam, thank you very much. God thank bless you. you, your family, thank and you. your beautiful daughter. Thank you. Take care. All right, All right Pam. Bye. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Jen is in PA. Jen, how are you? Hi, Rich. So... 
we moved to Radnor in 2020 um, from another part of Delaware County. And last election, we had the Democrats come to our house three times and knock on our door and try to speak to us. Then they, um, this election, they came once. Okay, fine. We have a school board election that was very important. All the Democrats won the school board election. Right. But I feel like being in Delaware County, I left the Republican Party because I got tired of the BS. So I became a libertarian. So I get stuff from the Republican Party and the Libertarian Party sent to my house on top of the Democrat stuff that comes from my husband. And my husband is a staunch Democrat. It does not matter what I say or what I share with him. He will always vote Democrat. Doesn't matter if it works for him or not. Um, But the one thing I can say about the Democrats when it comes to the polling places, the place where I vote yesterday, and I go every election whether I can vote or not, because libertarians don't always have people on the the ballot. Um, Yesterday, there were two very nice women standing outside of the polling location They were talking to each other, and they meekly asked myself and my husband if we wanted a Republican sample ballot. I walked into the polling location, and the polling is inside another room in the building. But in the the lobby of the building, the Democrat woman that was standing there was like, here, take a ballot, and basically like shoved it in my hand whether I wanted it or not. So just the fourth rightness of the Democrats, like they force the ballot into your hand, whether you want it or not. And they are out in numbers. They are they have their messaging on point. They their signs are up. They are always the first signs I see in Radnor Township. Always. It doesn't matter who, if it is an incumbent or not. And I can tell you the area I live in Radnor, I want my Republican person to be gone. He sucks. But I will not vote for Democrats because I know what they're doing to my township. And my kids are in a, my kids are still in school, so I have a lot to waiting on the school board election. But it irritates me to no end that I did not grow up in this area. I do not understand the politics in this area, even though I've lived here a long time, more than half my life. But I do believe as someone who consistently votes more conservative, even though I am libertarian, I think the problem with the messaging is they're not together, just like the woman just said. There's no consistency. There's no unified front. It's, and they, they rest on their laurels, but their laurels aren't really laurels anymore. So as someone who is trying to vote what's best for my family and my, the people in my town, it's very hard to decide who to vote for when I don't even know who they are unless I go and look it up in everything. And the other thing that's very frustrating from an electorate perspective is I was approached when we moved here to vote, like go on to a ballot for something, but I didn't fit the criteria because I didn't live in my house for a year when the ballot was going to be submitted. But at election day, I was going to live in the township for a year. So I would have taken the position that I was asked for if I was eligible and I think that that's something else that is a big problem. In Radnor, we have people moving in from Philadelphia left and right. They, they are bringing their, you know, their Democratic liberal views, and they're not seeing what Radnor really has. And I'm not going to complain because I love my area that I live in. But I do think that unless, unless the Republicans do what the Democrats are doing, 
nothing is going to change. I'm educated enough to do things on my own, but my counterparts are not. When I sit and have conversations with the people around me that live, and I don't, I don't like to talk politics with them because they get, they are very democratic and they have their staunch beliefs. But a lot of times the conversations I've had with them is the Republicans are racist. The Republicans are old. The Republicans are white. They are the talking points. And I do share my viewpoint on things. You know, I don't look like my neighbors, but I'm willing to share my viewpoints and I'm willing to listen to them. But I don't think there's many in this township that will be willing to do that. And there aren't people that are meeting up in the Republican Party the way the Democrats are meeting up. Well, I, I, look, I think you said a lot of excellent points and you shouldn't have to do all the work, right? It should be a lot easier. Uh, Jen, excellent. A lot of passion, a lot of fire. Let me ask <laughs> you this you. before I let you go. Yeah. Will will abortion kill Republicans as, as an issue? Is that because I know a lot of people have said that today. I, I don't know. I'm torn. But I will say this as my parents who are lifelong Republicans and they are the reason I became a Republican when I first they voted on the abortion issue. I don't vote on the abortion issue, but I do feel strongly about abortion. Like that is not the main reason. But I do think if the Republicans don't change their messaging to go along with what is current, you're not going to have success. It's an interesting point. Thank you, Jen. Have a great day. Thank you. You It's, you know, the, uh, again, she doesn't vote on abortion. The people that do vote on abortion show up to vote on abortion when abortion's on the ballot. There's no doubt. There's no question about that. It doesn't mean that, in my opinion, it doesn't mean that pro-lifers can't win. It doesn't mean that people who favor restrictions on abortion can't win. It just means you have to overcome the passion of the pro-abortion voter. And to do that, you've got to motivate people who care about other things than that issue to come out. Because there are people who are pro-life who just, they don't care enough to, to vote on the issue because they think people are going to do what they want to do. But the people that are rabid on the issue, the, the rabid pro-choice voter, pro-abortion voter, that voter is turning out 100%. My opinion, I don't think it means you have to run a, a, a pro-choice candidate. I think you just got to counter that advantage that those voters have going on into Election Day. And clearly, Republicans are lagging behind because I think the things that most people care about, which are not abortion, by the way, they're not getting out to vote. If it was just about abortion, then it would be, I mean, blowouts. We're talking blowouts and every voter polled would say it was the only issue they cared about. But then you're telling me that Republicans stayed home because what? They, they don't care about anything. All the Republicans didn't vote yesterday. They have opinions on nothing. They don't care about anything. You got to figure out a way to counter that massive vote that's going to turn out because of the abortion issue. And that's what Republicans have to do. And then you got to get them to vote three weeks earlier than Election Day so that if something t- comes up on Election Day, they don't have an excuse. Look, in the fourth legislative district, I brought this up earlier. I'm going to bring it up again today. And by the way, one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter. Mark Fisher just endorsed Donald Trump for president. He said everybody else sucks, but Trump. And uh, we'll grab the audio of that for you in just a few minutes. But he said everybody else but Trump sucks. I just wanted to share that with you. Uh, Speaking of sucking, there's the lesser presidential debate tonight, which features Asshat Hutchinson. No, I don't even know if he's still running. 
Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, and who else? Uh, did you say Vivek? And Vivek Ramaswamy. And that's it? Yeah, it's only five. Some guy named Skippy, uh, a juggler, <laughs> and I think a magician. Where's no. Doug? Uh, Doug? Where is not, Doug? He didn't make the cut, and neither, neither did your uh, buddy Asa. Oh, Asat Hutchinson did not make the cut. <laughs> Asa. Asa. I said Hutchinson. <laughs> Asa Hutchinson. Yeah, yeah you're, a- close. you're close. I said the name right. Asa, Asat Hutchinson. <laughs> Uh, Teresa, I'm going to Margaret in Delaware. Margaret, Margaret, how are you? You're next. Hello. Hi, Rich. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I wanted to mention my daughter called you last year and told you she was raised a rush baby and she's raising her little girl, a rich baby. Oh, I I don't know if you remember the call. I love that. How old, how old is her daughter? Just over a year. Oh, okay. Okay. I have a Zioli army baby shirt. Okay. I oh, do. I, I found one that. the other day, and uh, I found one. So I'm going to put you on hold so DeSantis can take your information, and we're okay. going to send it to her, okay? Okay. That's wonderful. But I, I have sad news, but I want to make a point. Okay. She just got diagnosed, my daughter, with breast cancer a week ago. Oh. 33, hon. 33. So sorry. So sorry. But anyway. We'll say yeah, prayers for her, gonna for sure. It. We're going to beat it. Well, Monday, we had our appointment with the surgeon the breast surgeon tuesday we had our appointment with the oncologist hematologist my daughter got up i'm going to get emotional she got up with her husband and her baby and went and voted tuesday morning so any of these excuses that you can't get out and vote doesn't hold water with me and i'm in delaware but boy i i go vote on election day every time no matter what. But I just wanted to mention that people can't get there. I know people are busy, but I don't know. I think that's a testament to people getting out there and doing what they should be doing as their civic duty. So anyway, that's it. <laughs> well said. Well said, my dear. God bless you, Nothing Margaret, you your said. daughter and, uh, and your granddaughter. Thank you so much. And we love your show. You're sweet. You're the best. Well, I okay. hope she's going to beat it, no doubt, because she's strong oh, like her mom. So. No doubt in my mind. <laughs> Thank right, you. Margaret. Thank you. 855-839-1210. That's very touching. Uh, yeah, but, and I'll just say this. I love Margaret's passion. I love her daughter's passion. I love her granddaughter's passion. Not everybody has it. You know, not everybody has the same passion we do. I can't imagine not voting. I can't, her, her, Margaret's daughter can't imagine not voting. I, I can't imagine it. But that we are not the majority here. If we were the majority, then the election turnout yesterday would have been 75, 80%. So we also have to acknowledge that reality too. Not everybody thinks like we do. And I'm not preaching to the choir here, but when preachers preach to the choir, as my buddy, the chairman of Montgomery County said the other night, You preach to the choir because you want the choir to go out there and carry forth the message. There are a lot of people out there who they care about these issues, but they have other things going on in their lives. And for whatever reason, they just don't have that same spirit that Margaret's daughter, God bless her, has. We got to reach those people and we got to get a ballot in their hand or we got to get them to early voting or we got to get it in the mail. We got to do it. We have to figure it out. We just have to do it, period. We don't have to like it. We just have to do it. Sometimes in life, I tell this to my son all the time. I say to Patrick all the time, buddy, I don't have to like it, but sometimes in life, you got to do it. You got a job to do. You quit complaining and you do it. You think I want to be here right now? Well, yes, I do. I'm living my dream, but I'm, 
But when you got a job to do, you do it. Ain't no use in complaining when you got a job to do. Name that song. Ain't no use in complaining when you got a job to do. Look at Henry staring at me like with his with his Gen Z whatever the hell you are eyes. They have no idea what I'm yeah, even talking about. No, I have no clue. Ah, oh, it just kills me. All right, let me take a quick break. More of your calls. Congressman Guy Rechenthaler is going to join us. But before I uh, take a break, since she's been holding, let me quickly grab Joan and Bucks. Joan, hello. Hi, Rich. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking my call. I just had a few comments for you. I wanted to know, I did hear this one woman just a couple of calls ago saying about Ronna McDaniel. I would like to know your opinion about that. I think she really needs to go. Agree. And I think the Republican Party needs a leader that is a Gen Zer or somebody close to it who's very tech savvy, who knows where these kids are watching their news or where they're getting it from. They're not watching the television and knows how to get in there and market the Republican Party. And we just need a whole change at the top of the Republican Party. I look at Trump and look at how he motivated so many people to, to vote for him in 2016. And it was fabulous. And I'll be very honest, after the last election, I said I wasn't going to vote anymore. I, I didn't even want to watch the television. I didn't want to vote anymore. I was so disgusted about everything because I, I just really feel in my heart that that election was stolen. And, you know, they were showing videos of people taking ballots out of suitcases under yep. underneath tables. And, you know, it, it, and, and what they did to him going forward, what it, it started with Hillary and then it went to January 6th and everything down the line. And I feel also that people are because of all the corruption and people not being held accountable for what they've done wrong uh, on their, in the Democratic side and this two-tier justice system, I think people are burned out uh, on this side. They just feel like, why? they do feel, why do I bother? They, they steal everything, but we have to fight like them. We have to be like them in order to win this. And we need a young person and somebody very motivated and, and, and just running things and getting people out there. My Republican Party in, in, in Bucks County is no better than that gentleman that called from Cape May. They're, they're, they're dead. You know, they just, they don't do anything. They're, the Democrats have come around to my house because my husband's registered Democrat, but he votes Republican. They come around three times. They spend a half an hour talking to them. The Republicans come around and they put the flyers under your door if you're not home, and then they never come back. So it needs a whole revamping, and they don't stick together. They just don't stick together like the Democrats do. Joan, they, thank you. Whatever, I appreciate it. No matter, it. even if it's evil and corrupt, they stick together. Thank you, Joan. <laughs> I tell you, I think Vivek Ramaswamy would be an excellent Republican uh, national chairman. This is the problem. I'll tell you what it is right now. And Matt DeSantis sent me a text, and I agree with him, and it's rare that I agree with my executive producer. In fact, I hate to give him any credit whatsoever. You want to share with me what you just said? I was just thinking that uh, I, I agree with the last caller entirely. I think Republicans do need to get on TikTok, for example. They've basically abandoned the entire platform, and it's just being dominated by Democrats. Yeah. Yeah, the Democrats are, are, are killing us on social media. Vivek is brilliant at this stuff. He doesn't want to ban TikTok, unlike Nikki Haley, who wants to ban it. Uh, he wants to embrace it to get young people to vote. I think he'd be an outstanding Republican chairman. And that's my vote right there. I say Vivek. For chairman, Vivek Ramaswamy, who was in studio with me for an hour for chairman. He's not going to be president and it'd be a waste to have him in the cabinet. Let's get him as chairman and let's have him use his youth and vigor 
vigor like the Kennedys and and maximize social media so that young people will understand how these issues affect their lives and vote. Because, again, we are losing to the Democrats in this area, too. We are getting crushed by Democrats in this area. No question about it. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Uh, Congressman Guy Rechenthaler is going to join me. Please uh, hang on, though, because I want to take your calls. This day is about you, but I, I uh, don't want to bump the congressman, obviously. So we'll chat with him in just a minute. But I want to let you know. So thank you for your patience in holding. I appreciate it very, very much. It's a good day to, to chat and hear everything that's going on. But we are going to be at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey, my happy place, again, coming up December 15th. So mark your calendar. December 15th for our next live show in Cape May. Uh, And we've been gathering there for a few years now. You know this. And they have an amazing event coming up. Uh, You have your own promo code to use, special for you. You use my name, Zioli, and you save 15% off when booking a midweek stay from now until the end of the year. There's no minimum stay required. Just say Zioli when you call or put it online and you get 15% off midweek. And they have a big Thanksgiving Day buffet coming up, a grand Thanksgiving spectacle on the fifth floor ballroom where we do our live show. Uh, Chef David Mills is going to prepare an amazing Thanksgiving feast for you and your family. You will absolutely love it. So please make sure you join us for that. I won't be there physically, but I'll be there in spirit with you. But you should go because it's going to be a fantastic time. And then join me in person December 15th. And anytime you want to go, use my name, Zioli, just book direct with them and save 15%. My happy place, the Grand Hotel of Cape May. Just go to grandhotelcapemay.com, grandhotelcapemay.com, or 800-257-8550. Take advantage of their Thanksgiving gala. It's going to be amazing food, handcrafted from Chef David Mills. Don't miss it. grandhotelcapemay.com. The Zioli Show. On your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, it is the day after, and please be patient and stay on hold. I want to hear from you today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. But I'm very happy to welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Congressman Guy Rechenthaler, who represents Pennsylvania in Congress, and he's part of leadership. Hey, Guy, how are you? Good, Rich. Always good to come on, and I love coming coming on with some 90s alternative music. Great choice. Well, since you are a young guy, I figured you'd like that, so there you go. Excellent. A uh, lot to chat about. Before I get into some of the bigger issues, I did see that the Oversight Committee has subpoenaed Hunter Biden and James Biden. I think this is excellent. I'm glad they're doing this. You think we're going to get the truth here? It's all going to come out? I think it is. And I think it's going to come out just in at the right time where it's going to do maximum damage to to Biden. I mean, I know we're after the truth here, but we've got to remember we were we went through two political impeachments under President Trump. Now we have Joe Biden, Hunter Biden and his brother who who basically did what Trump was uh, impeached for. So we're going to roll out this investigation. We're going to expose the American people, the, the corruption with, with this Biden crime family, and it's going to do maximum damage to them uh, heading into 2024. Good. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. And, and, and since the Department of Justice is not doing their job in this, and actually what they're doing is they're, they're playing defense for the president and the Biden crime family, it's left to Congress. Uh, it's left to Chairman Comer and the Oversight Committee. So I'm glad that they're doing that. 
I have to tell you, Guy, I, I'm, so far I'm very impressed with Speaker Mike Johnson. I really like uh, a lot of the things he's doing here. I do, too. And I think that he's got a knack to work with different groups within this conference. Remember, the Republican uh, the Republican conference here in D.C. is very diverse. I mean, we've got Southern Evangelicals, we've got Northeast Republicans, we've got Western state libertarians. Mike Johnson knows how to take the tone that works with each one of these groups and can build consensus. So I'm really excited to work with Mike Johnson. Uh, with Tom Emmer and I have already had numerous meetings with him trying to work to a resolution on some of these uh, appropriation bills to keep the government funded. So I'm excited. Uh, I was a big McCarthy guy, but I'm very supportive of Mike Johnson. Let's talk about the resolution to censure Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib. Uh, which passed, and even Democrats voted for that. They did. Well, it shows that her statements were just so out of line. Uh, we we, we got to go over what she said. I mean, she has said repeatedly, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. I don't think people understand what that means. That's just not some rallying cry uh, for, 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 the, for the Palestinians over there. What that means is they want complete annihilation of the state of Israel. Uh, and they, they have said so much in the dec- in that declaration. Uh, she also has made numerous statements that Joe Biden is going to pay for uh, pay for this decision in 2024. That Joe Biden is supporting genocide of the Palestinian people. I mean, just complete nonsense. And we got to remember the the Democrats have lowered censure to such a low level that it's it, it basically it's like impeachment. It's a political exercise at this point. They had a censure on Paul Gosar. They had a censure, censure on. Uh, Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene, for example. So, so now it's time for them to take their medicine. And when Tlaib says patently offensive, anti-Semitic things, calling for the destruction of the state of Israel, she should have to be censured in the House. So, thankfully, we we were able to get um, we were get that passed yesterday. Wonderful. That's good. Uh, I, I'm glad to hear that. Where, where do things stand right now with the funding for Israel? And uh, I, I know that the White House wants this tie with Ukraine funding. Uh, and also aid to Gaza, uh, which is a, a, a non-starter. And also the White House doesn't like the fact that Republicans want to find the money by actually finding cuts. Right. Well, so there's a lot going on here. Let's just talk about what the House passed. So, so what we did with Speaker French, uh, Johnson's first uh, act was he passed funding to the tune of $14 billion for Israel. And then there was an offset where we took the money that under the Inflation Reduction Act, Biden and the Democrats gave to the IRS to hire 87,000 new IRS agents. So we took that pot of money, offset, took that away from the IRS, and we gave it to Israel. So it was budgetary, budgetary neutral. Uh, that passed out of the House. It's now in the Senate. The Senate is saying they're not going to take, take that up. What they're trying to do is they're trying to jam us with a uh, big package that has Ukraine funding, Israel funding, funding for Taiwan, um, and, and possibly some border funding. And from what I understand, no pay-fors, meaning that, it would, that there's no neutrality in the budget. That's a non-starter in the House. I think that these members need to be able to vote on every single aid package individually, because at the end of the day, it's a vote of conscience. They shouldn't have to pick Taiwan or Ukraine or, or Israel over another. And we should have some fiscal responsibility tied to this. So we're not borrowing money uh, from future generations of Americans to send it overseas. Uh, so, 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 look, I think it's a good thing what we did, and I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that we're going to be able to get an aid package to Israel and one that hopefully is, is offset with rescissions uh, elsewhere. 
And when we when we talk about the, the, the issue here, then what happens in the Senate? Because I know Chuck Schumer has already come out and said uh, no. And, and, and they won't they won't support that. Well, what the Senate has to realize is that they've got a co-equal uh, co- co-equal house and that's the house of represent co-equal chamber and that's the house of representatives and we are going to we are going to be a lot more firmer i think than we we were in the past and we're going to see what happens but i can tell you it's a non-starter i mean to even get onto the house floor uh, a bill that would tie all this aid together you're just not going to have the votes for it to get it out of what's called the rules committee to bring that bill to the floor so they're going to have to be realistic with what the House can do, too. Um, and we're not going to be blackmailed by the Senate. Good. I'm glad to hear that. that that's excellent. Uh, Congressman Guy Rechenthaler, what, what else can we expect in terms of getting to the bottom of the weaponization of, of government? I, I, I know Republicans are fighting this. I know Republicans are trying to expose all this. I think it's one of the greatest things that's happened. The oversight powers that, that you guys have. Uh, as Republicans in the House, is the best thing to come around in a very, very long time. Absolutely. And we got to remember that if the Republicans aren't in the majority, none of these investigations are taking place. We're not going, we're not finding out about the corruption, uh, the Biden crime family. We're not looking at that politicization and the weaponization, the FBI and DOJ, et cetera. So our number one goal moving forward, Rich, has got to be staying in the majority. But I think what you're going to see uh, is you're going to see robust oversight and investigation, not just of Biden, but probably of Mayorkas, Christopher Ray, uh, the, the rest. And then hopefully this will lead to impeachment. I think that we should we should have already started impeachment against Mayorkas for the dereliction of duty at the southern border. 300 some people die every single day of fentanyl overdoses. That's directly attributable to the poorest southern border. Uh, so we should look at having impeachment of, of, of Mayorkas. And then there's Christopher Ray, who's totally weaponized the FBI. There's also Merrick Garland, who's weaponized the DOJ. But to get, these, to get a chance of having these impeachments and have them be successful, we've got to have these, these hearings. We've got to have the, the subpoena power, et cetera. So I applaud the, the chairman, Comer, Jordan, uh, Jason Smith, for example, who are working on this. And hopefully we can not only shed light, but get some justice um, uh, through impeachment. I was I was uh, glad to see that they're talking about also reforming the FISA Act, Section 702, to rein in the warrantless, lawless abuse by our government to spy on American citizens. I'm glad to see that's a bipartisan effort. Is that something you support as well, Guy Reschenthaler? Yeah, well, we got to remember that when a lot of the actions that were taken right after 9-11, they were well-intentioned to go after the terrorists. But if the wrong administration comes in, maybe like the one we have now, it's not a far fetch to have them designating, I don't know, like let's say parents that go into school board meetings right. because they want to know what their kids are being taught. Like, they could be called terrorists. I don't know. I'm just maybe making right, that up. Right. That's too, too <laughs> hypothetically speaking, but right? Hypothetically speaking, right? Or, or let's say anybody that supported Donald Trump, they could be called a right-wing extremist and a, and a, and a MAGA extremist. Again, hypothetical, just making it up. But we got to realize that when we have a lack that is, that is this radical and that is weaponized government to this extent, the measures we have in place to go after people that we think are nefarious actors abroad and, and some domestically here being terrorists, uh, the definition for terrorists can change very quickly, and that can come back on everyday Americans that are just trying to make the, the country better for future generations. 
Yeah, well said. Exactly right. And we have to we have to be able to be protected from our government abusing us. Uh, Guy Rushenthaler is the chief deputy whip. He proudly represents Pennsylvania's 14th district in the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, Guy, one of the things that we're talking about as well is what happens when we have one member unhappy with Speaker Mike Johnson, which is inevitable because how do you keep 218 people happy all the time? And then tries to move to replace the speaker. Where where do things stand with the idea that one one member can get the speaker removed? Yeah, it's a it's rich. It's a real problem. And and right now, one member can make what's called the, the motion to vacate. Now, what we would do, and excuse me for being too too uh, wonky here, but um, we would do what's called a motion to table. And as long as we have, um, we can we can lose four or five votes depending on attendance that day. So as long as there's not four or five people that want to vacate Speaker Johnson, we should be okay. But the second that one guy that's upset and wants to do a motion to vacate, as soon as he can talk four or five of his buddies into doing a motion to vacate, we can see it happen. And then we're back into another speaker's race. I think it would be an absolute travesty. We've already lost three weeks of governing because of the debacle that was the motion to vacate Kevin McCarthy. Hopefully, hopefully uh, members of the GOP don't decide to go down that route. But the way the rules are currently drafted, uh, one member can make a motion to vacate. And that is something that what do you think that number is going to be? What what what's the magic number going to be then to vacate the chair? Well, it would be well, it would be two seventeen to to overcome the the motion to table. Because remember, every gotcha. Democrat is going to vote. Every Democrat is going to vote to vacate the chair because they like to see us in chaos. Like they like to say that they're the adults in the room and they're the party that wants to govern. That's nonsense. Every single one of them voted to, to vacate Kevin McCarthy. And when they talk about how bipartisan they are, I didn't see one of them vote for Kevin McCarthy to be the Speaker of the House. They're absolute frauds. But what we got to do going into any kind of motion to vacate vote is we got to realize all the Democrats are going to vote for chaos. They're going to vote to vacate. Uh, the vast majority of the Republicans are going to vote against vacating, and then that leaves it up to how many how many want to want to see a motion to vacate. We can only lose four or five votes. We lost eight votes with Speaker McCarthy, um, that and, and we saw the chaos that that caused. Hopefully, hopefully we don't want to go through that again, and members uh, will be satisfied with Mike Johnson. And I think Mike's doing a good job, and I'm optimistic that he's going to have a good tenure as the Speaker of the House. I agree. And well, I, I, I do think so far he's he's off to a great start. I think today's breaking news that Chairman Comer signed the subpoenas to bring Hunter Biden before the oversight committee. I, I think things are are, are are turning. And at least what I like right now is that Republicans, you guys, you're fighting back. You're fighting this administration. It's not just you're not just there to go along to get along with which is what a lot of Republicans have done in the past when they've had the majority um, the gloves have to come off, and, they, and, and you're right. You are a co-equal branch with the Senate, and you have oversight of the president, and you got to use it. And I think you guys are using it correctly, and I'm and I'm glad to, I'm glad to see it, guy. I really am. Well, this one thing is for sure. This is no longer the party of Paul Ryan uh, and Mitt Romney. There is a new Republican Party in charge. This Republican conference is far more conservative than it's ever been. And with Tom Emmer and myself in the whip operation, we we the Uniparty is forever dead because Tom Good. and I, we only whip Republican votes. That bill is only moving when we have 217 or 218 Republicans behind it. We will never go to, across the aisle to get votes. The Uniparty is dead as long as Tom Emmer is the whip and I'm the chief deputy whip. Uh, and with Speaker Johnson, he won't tolerate that either. So I'm optimistic that we have a truly conservative um, conference, and we're going to do what the people 
elected us to do, and that is to move the conservative agenda forward, hold the Biden administration accountable, and most importantly, hold on to the Republican majority for years to come. Well said, my friend. Well said. Chief Deputy Whip, Guy Reschenthaler, Congressman, I always appreciate your time and your hard work. Thank you. Thanks, Rich. You too. Bye. The Rich Cioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All right. I want to take your calls. Uh, so 855-839-1210, your thoughts on the election yesterday. Do you agree with my analysis that this is about we got it? Republicans need to own mail-in voting. Republicans need to own drop boxes, in-person early voting. Republicans need to do these things to win. Do you agree with me? And if not, why do you think we had such a bad day yesterday? Give me your analysis. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Cherry Hill Vavo, we broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Vavo studios, and we are so grateful for their friendship and their support. And they're undergoing a massive renovation right now, which is fantastic, and it's going to be great. But lots of very exciting things are happening over there at Cherry Hill Vavo. They're at the beginning of this big renovation, which means your chance to save some serious cash. They've got to make room. they got to make room for all the construction equipment. So... Take advantage of this. In addition to all their incredible offers, an additional $1,000 off all new Volvos plus owner loyalty and $2,000 off when you're financing or leasing through Volvo cars, plus a $7,500 lease rebate on all plug-in Volvos. The dedicated professionals at Cherry Hill Volvo pride themselves on always delivering the luxury experience that you deserve. And they're going to continue to do that throughout the remodeling of their dealership. You know, I love driving my Volvo. It's big and spacious. And as we made the move recently to our new home, I had to make a lot of trips back and forth from the old house to the new house. And my XC40 has a ton of cargo space. And Bridget has the XC90 with a third row for the kids. So when we do go back to the Grand Hotel December 15th, or when we go see your family up in upstate New York for Christmas, we are going to be nice and safe on the road, safe and sound. And I'm very excited uh, about the fact that my family, we are we are secure because Volvos are beautiful, safe, luxurious cars, and you will have an amazing experience at Cherry Hill Volvo. So take advantage of this renovation that, that's going on there to save this kind of cash. $1,000 off all new Volvos on top of other offers. Owner loyalty, $2,000 off when you're financing or leasing through Volvo cars. A $7,500 lease rebate on all plug-in Volvos at Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, your thoughts on the election. Let me hear it. 855-839-1210 is the number. Nancy's in South Philly. Hello, Nancy. Nancy, are you there? Nancy, no Nancy. All right, Nancy, try to call back. Uh, Patrick is in Gloucester County. Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Uh-oh, are our phones down? Uh, they've been on hold for a while. Maybe they just don't realize. Patrick! Yeah, Patrick! All right, I'll put him on hold. Maybe Patrick, uh, maybe you're there. Let's try Amy in Williamstown. Amy! Hi, Rich. Hi, Amy. Hi, can you hear me? I got gotcha. you. Oh, good. Um, I just wanted to say that um, yesterday um, I was at the polls and I um, worked the polls. Not the polls, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> Thank you for I clarifying, Amy. Poll- yeah, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't an actual uh, poll worker. You know what I mean. But anyway, I just wanted to tell you that um, the location I was at, we did like about like 900 voters. Um, and 
I felt like our, our location, the, there was a strong Republican turnout, but when I got back to um, drop off the results, the other people I was talking with, they felt differently than I did and said no, that we had absolutely lost. Um, so part of the problem, I think, is I, I blame a lot of this on January 6th because, and uh, some of those movies that they made after that, because there is proof that the election was stolen, in my eyes. And a lot of people also feel that way. And to them, it's just like Republicans, they're like, why am I going to go out and vote? They're just going to cheat again anyway. You know? And then um, my second point is also that um, I was um, on the committee, the Republican committee in my town, and I quit. To be honest with you, I, I quit because I got tired of the back and forth, everybody fighting, everybody pointing the finger, and nothing gets resolved. And they never, ever want to talk about how do we win elections. They just want to yell at each other and say, well, you're wrong, you're, you did this, you did that, from like 20 years ago. And they don't want to move on. They don't want to get bigger. They don't want to get stronger. They just want to keep doing the same old, same old. And, that, and that's my opinion on what happened yesterday. Well, you know, I tell you, I was a Republican county chairman, as you know, for about seven years. And, yeah, political infighting among the party is it's a problem and it always has been. And it's frustrating. It really is. To your point about uh, voters feeling this defeatist attitude of they're going to steal it and cheat anyway, that self-fulfilling prophecy is going to kill us. It really is. I know. I know. But when you see on Twitter and, um, you know, YouTube and stuff like that, that people who were arrested on January 6th are going to prison. You know, like, being a Republican, that, that just brings you down, you know? And, and there, there's nothing. We can't fight these elections. If we feel that there is cheating that is going on, we can't fight back because we're going to end up going to jail. And so why vote anyway? Why? The, they're they're going to win. They're going to win. And I think... I'm not saying that I feel that way, but I'm saying a lot of people feel that way. I understand. You you, you said it well. I think a lot of people share that sentiment, and they feel as if uh, they're at the point of saying, "What's the point?" I hope that that I hope that yeah. that sentiment changes because it better change by 2024. Or we're 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 going to lose. Yeah, uh, Trump is our only hope, and that's strongly how I feel about that. Well, said a very famous poll worker. Thank you, Amy, very much for your call. I appreciate it. All right. Good talking to you, Rich. Good talking to you, Amy. Bye. Uh, you know, Sid, who is a great guy, great friend of the show, he, he tweeted something which kind of backs up what Amy was just saying. Republicans have become defeatist. We can't win because they'll just steal it anyway or my vote doesn't matter or Democrats get away with everything. They've become little babies who have taken their ball and went home. They got to man the F up. Republicans. Yeah, he's not wrong. And Amy's 100% right. And But... But reality, right? We have to embrace reality. I tell you that all the time. We got to embrace the world we live in, not the world we want to live in. So how do we deal with that? How do we approach that? How do we change that mindset? How do we change that mindset? A couple of quick breaking news points for you. I still want to take your calls. 855-839-1210. What do you think needs to happen here? Give me your take. I believe Republicans need to own early voting. I think they need to own it. They got to own it in every single way. But there's some breaking news on Nashville regarding that uh, dos- the uh, leaked 
what do you call it? The, uh, what was the thing from the manifesto? Yes, the manifesto of the shooter. Some officers have been placed on leave. I'll give you that breaking news story as well as New Jersey. Uh, did you know in New Jersey that they the state keeps newborn DNA on file for 23 years and parents are now suing because that is just absolutely outrageous. I got 30 minutes of nonstop talk for you straight ahead. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5. 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. The day after the post-mortem, as we say, what is happening? What happened? How do we fix it? How do we make it better? How do we make it right? How do we win? Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Couple breaking news things for you. The House Oversight Committee has subpoenaed Hunter Biden, James Biden, the bo- brother of the president, and also Hunter Biden's business partner. That's some good news today. Uh, in addition, seven Nashville police officers, I just got this uh, from my friend who just sent this over to me. Apparently, now seven Nashville police officers were just placed on administrative leave in connection with the release of that Nashville manifesto. The powers that be are more concerned about finding the leaker than they are about the contents of Audrey Hale's anti-white, anti-Christian, anti-straight manifesto. That is what Stephen Crowder just tweeted out a short time ago. He's, of course, the guy that got the manifesto and finally released it to everybody. Uh, all right. So yesterday, my I want to tell you two things. I want to take your calls. 855-839-1210. What occurred in New Jersey in District 4, is an outrageous, absolute sin what happened. But there's a big lesson here. And the lesson is Democrats cheat. Democrats will use whatever tactic they have to do. And Republicans are just not getting the turnout out. I want to begin by saying, and I've been saying this all day, this is not about Trump. What happened yesterday is not about Trump. It's not about abortion, except for the fact that voters who are motivated by abortion all show up to vote. That's the extent that abortion matters. It matters in the sense that people who that is their that is their issue, they will show up 100 percent. No question about it. Now, in the fourth legislative district in Gloucester County, where we have this Fugazi candidate named Giuseppe Costanzo, a fake candidate in the race. Let me show you the breakdown here just so you can understand what what happened. Paul Moriarty is the Democrat senator elect for that district. He had 12,513 votes, or 48.30% of the vote. Chris Del Borello, the Republican, had 12,460 votes, or 49.09% of the vote. In other words, Chris lost to Paul Moriarty, the Democrat, by 53 votes. Giuseppe Costanzo, the Fugazi candidate, got 890 three votes. So the Democrats tactic of going to Republican voters and saying, you sick of the Republican Party, you want change, vote for conservative Giuseppe Costanzo, handed Paul Moriarty that seat. Now, 
I've said this before, and I'll say it again. When you vote third party, you waste your vote and you help the Democrats, period. That's what you do. That's what you do. I had a woman call the show earlier today, Jen. She's a libertarian. I'm very small L libertarian, philosophically speaking, not a member of the Libertarian Party. I only vote Republican because the reason why is you have to use the two-party system as a vessel. The Democrat Party is the party of progressive kooks because the progressive kook party can't win. So the progressive kooks took over the Democrat Party. And that's why it's the progressive kook party. This is a two-party system in this country. It always will be. I live in the real world, not the world I wish I could live in. As much as I would love a third-party candidate, as much as I'd love to see a third party, as much as I'd love to see a system that, that happens, it will not happen. It's never going to happen. The system is a two-party system, period. 893 people who voted for Giuseppe Costanzo thinking that they were sending a message to the Republicans by voting for the quote-unquote real conservative voted for a fake Fugazi phantom candidate, and now they have a Democrat senator. I don't know how else I can put it. I live in the world I live in, not the world I want to live in. I live in the real world. The other thing is that Republican turnout Yesterday was abysmal. And the Democrats have this down to a science. They've got the early voting down to a science, the mail-in voting down to a science. They've got the drop boxes down to a science, and Republicans don't. My buddy Steve Paccaraduni said it very, very well when he said that Republican turnout was so lame when you only have 34% turnout on Election Day. In his committee district in Washington Township, 37 Republicans, he gave them a vote by mail ballot. They had a vote by mail ballot. As of yesterday, only four out of the 37 did not return their ballot because Steve took the time to call and text every one of them every day until they returned their ballot. The Dems do exactly the same with three times the number of vote by mail ballots. And the Democrats will even bring people into the polls for early voting. They'll run, they'll run uh, buses to get people to the polls. Republicans are still we still have this old mindset of voting on Election Day and only voting on Election Day. And it has to it has to change or we're doomed. We're doomed, period. We're doomed because this is never going away. This is the world. It is the world we live in and is not going to change. So either embrace it and then own it and use it to your advantage or sit back and lose. That's it. That's the choice. That's the only choice. It's a very, very simple choice. The other thing is Democrats are killing it on social media. They're using Instagram and they're using TikTok and Republicans are not. And it's a major problem. And a very sweet woman called in earlier and made that point and said they need a Gen Z somebody, somebody from that generation who knows that stuff. Well, that's why I said Vivek Ramaswamy would be an outstanding Republican national chairman because he's young and he gets the technology. And unlike Nikki Haley, he doesn't want to ban TikTok. He sees the value in using that to appeal to young people, because whether you like it or not, whether China's spying on us or not using TikTok doesn't matter. That generation has decided they're using it, period, and they're not going to stop using it. And no ban from government's going to stop that either. So either use these things to your advantage and win or lose. That's it. Those are the choices. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Patrick's in Gloucester County. Patrick, hello. Hey, how are you, Rich? Good, Patrick. Thank you. 
so I feel like we're outnumbered. I feel like people are being bred to to hate the government, hate America, hate freedom, hate freedom of speech, hate the Constitution. They're ignorant. And then the people that are left to stand are complacent and they don't want to vote. And, and they don't, they just, they have their houses, their cars, their jobs, and they just don't care anymore. They don't want to show up anymore. And it's really sad. Well, how do we change that? How do we fix that? How do we motivate them? I don't know. I, I really don't. It, it's, it's really scary. I'm 55 and I, I have two little girls and I weep for this country and I weep for where we're headed. And, and I'm scared to death because I, I don't know. And I feel like we don't we don't train our kids, we don't teach our kids. I really don't know. It's it's terrifying, and it's disheartening. And I wake up in the morning and I hear our, our elections went a certain way, and I wonder, like, you go to the grocery store, you go to the gas pumps, you, you pay for your health care. When do you give up? I mean, you want to kill a baby, you, you want to do these. Hard, you want to go pee in a girl's room or a boy's room? I, I don't know when you give up and when you just, I really don't know. Well, you never give it, up. You got to very... keep fighting. You don't give up. That's the bottom line. You don't give up. Patrick, thank you for the call. Hang in there, bud. Don't don't let it get you down. We still got another election right, coming in less than a year. All right. Thanks, Patrick. Uh, Jim is in Woodbury. Jim, how are you? Good, thank you. Love your show. Thank you. Um, I, my comment was yesterday was the first time I've ever voted and have not seen the party affiliation of the candidates on the ballot, uh, for the, uh, board of educations in each town. And there wasn't any column a or column B. They were all grouped together. So you really didn't know which party you were voting for or what yeah. whose candidate, you know, but I don't understand that. Well, because they're supposed to be nonpartisan, but the thing about it is that the you. This is why I kept saying you got to educate people. Need to be educated on the school board candidates because they're not in political. They're not on political columns, and for that reason, well, people go in there and they see names. And if you don't take the time to know the candidates, you 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 don't you don't know what to do. That's why I kept saying on the show yesterday. Please, if you don't know in your town who's running for school board, make a call, call somebody, find out, find out who these people are. Because school board elections now matter as much as legislative elections and as much as congressional elections, because we're trying to push back on all this indoctrination and and transgender bathrooms and transgender sports and everything else. So, yeah. also the other thing, all of the all of the lawn signs, they appeared to be picked up before that. You know, I saw them every day coming home from work, and uh, yesterday as I'm on my way to the polls, no signs. So they, you know, you can identify which party the people are from by the color of the signs, usually blue, you know, Democrat, red, Republican. And all the signs were pulled yesterday before the, you know, on election day. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I hear you, buddy. Uh, I do. And and school board elections are going to still be the hot topic. No, no doubt about it for, for the foreseeable future. We got to figure out a way and and. I'll tell you a story. And thank you for the call, Jim. Thank you very much. I, I offered yesterday to a candidate who was running for school board to call into the show. And I said to my friend who's running your campaign, I said, she doesn't have to, but I just wanted to know she's welcome to. 
And I won't be offended if she says no, but there are a lot of people in the car right now who are driving and they don't know who to vote for. So if they hear her on the show, she might win. She didn't win. I'm not saying that she would have won if she came on the show. I don't I can't make that assumption, but I'm just saying that the problem is a lot of these school board members right now are afraid of embracing openly embracing these very conservative issues. And a lot of them are running very milk toast campaigns, quite frankly. And the stakes are too important for that. So, you know. Uh let's see here. We got Maggie in Lansdale. Maggie, how are you? Good. I love your show, Rich. Thank you, First-time Maggie. caller. Uh, Rich, um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but France has gone totally paper ballot. They got rid of their machines. The country, France, mm-hmm. is total. So the United States, we can do the same. We can't. We're not going to. Why? Because we're not going to, because the Democrats are never going to give up early voting. They're never going to do it. It's not going to happen. I'm just but being honest with it, you, Maggie. I'm just telling you the truth. It's not yeah. going to happen. So we should instead waste our don't waste our time, invest our energy into using the system that is there and using it to our advantage and stop trying to wish for something that's not going to come true. I hate to be harsh, yeah. but that's just the reality. I mean, it just is. We're not France. Can't Congress no. do something States about control it? the elections. States control the elections in our country, not not the federal government. And you're not going to get 50 states to go paper ballot. That's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So I don't trust those machines at all. Not at all. I understand. A lot of people feel the same way. Uh, But you're not going to get we we're not France. Our our, the government of the United States of America doesn't control elections. The states do. And, And, you know, find me a state. Besides real red ones that would do that. And it's not going to happen in Pennsylvania. It's not going to happen in New Jersey. It's not going to happen in Delaware. There's our region. There you go. So. No, that's a shame. Maggie, thank that's a shame. you. I, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, this uh, last election was the first time I did a mail-in ballot. And they followed. They continuously gave me like a receipt through email that they received my ballot. My ballot was being mailed to me. So I thought they were quite competent. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, you know, you know, if France can do it, why can't we? Because you know? we don't have national. France controls their elections. They were a different style right. of government than we do in the United States of America. Our Constitution leaves elections to the states. We don't have national elections in this country. We have 50 state elections. That's I mean, why. but if, if, okay, so if the state of Pennsylvania, we talked it up and said to our friends, whoever, everybody do mail-in ballot. Well, that's what has right? to happen. We need, we need Republicans to embrace you know? mail-in ballots. Republicans need to embrace early voting. Republicans need to embrace these things. Otherwise, we're going to wind up losing because for whatever reason, we're not getting people to the polls on Election Day. And the Democrats right. are embracing all these things, and they're getting more votes in. It's about turnout. No, you're right. Turnout is the issue. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right about that point. But, Ma- Maggie, thank yeah, you, my those dear. Those machines are awful. I know. I, I, I hear you. I love your show again. <laughs> Lo- th- thank you. Love you, too. 855 I mean, it just is what it is. You know, it's the old saying, but, yeah. Uh, 
Robert is in Ben Salem. Robert, how are you? Hey, how you doing, Rich? Good to talk to you, man. Good to talk to you. Um, I disagree with a couple, with a few of the, the past callers. Okay, um, if you're worried about elections being stolen, make them steal it. Okay, don't just let them have it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you don't want to go, we lost several races here by less than a hundred votes, and half the Republicans didn't bother to come out. Okay, and that is why we lost. We lost because we gave it to them. We have the numbers. I don't know why we're so demoralized to my fellow Trump supporters. Okay, it's great that you come out when Trump is running, but you got to come out every other time, because if you don't, even if he wins, he has no support because the Democrats have won all the other races. Okay, if you don't want to go to the poll, okay. Please send in a mail-in ballot. There's a lot of people out there that send in things for publishers' clearinghouse that they're never going to win. But they find the time to send it in. It takes a few minutes. It'll be a big help. We cannot be feeling down about this. And we can't be waiting for Trump to save our bacon. We have the numbers. We have the issues. And when the state uh, Republican Party gets its act together and decides to show up, to promote their candidates and be on the radio, we'll have more of a shot. But please don't give up. Please do not give up. We're going to win in 2024, but we can win every election if we would just take the time. Just take the time. We've got the numbers. I'm sorry. I don't want to go off on a rant here, um, Rich. I love your show, <laughs> and I uh, love listening to you, and I'm going to be there for next election and every election after that. Good. I love the passion. Please. I love the passion. Good for you, Robert. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. You're exactly right. You too. And thank you for quoting Dennis Miller. I don't want to get off on a rant here, but uh, Bo in Levittown. Hello, Bo. Hey, Rich. Uh, I have uh, three things. I agree with you on Ron McDaniel. She has to go. She needs to go. I also believe that we need to promote mail-in ballots more. There's one thing I disagree with you on, believe it or not, and that's the fact on abortion. Abortion is an emotional issue. What we need to do as Republicans and take it off the table. And how we do that is the following. And you know me, I'm a transactional guy. Here's what you do. Let women have abortions. I'm fine with it. You know what? If you want to kill your baby, kill your baby. Offer insurance like they do for health insurance. Make it a pre-tax benefit plan. The only thing is, I don't want to have to pay for it. That takes that issue off the table that motivates these Democrats on mail-in ballots, or whether they go to the polls. It takes that away. People can't use that anymore. I can't believe that Carolyn Carluccio would have not gotten in. Let me tell you, Bo, Bo, but the thing about it, even if Republicans said all those things, Democrats are going to spend money and the and the abortion groups are going to spend money saying that the Republicans are going to overturn all those things. Even if what you just said becomes the law one day, then they're going to spend money saying Republicans are going to take those things away and they're going to scare people that they're going to lose those quote unquote abortion rights. What we have to do is not try to placate the pro-abortion crowd. What we have to do is get the numbers to overcome them because that crowd that votes on that issue is going to vote on that issue, period. And they're going to get the same fear that motivates them in every election because of that is going to be there. But I'm sorry to say this, pro-lifers win. Donald Trump was pro-life and he won the presidency. Chris Christie was pro-life and he won the the governorship of New Jersey twice. 
But but you have to get you got to overcome that threshold. And this is the problem, Bo. The the pro-abortion voters, the voters that have abortion rights as their primary thing, they show up. They show up. But that's what I'm saying. You take that issue off the table. You're never going to take the issue off the table because even if the issue's off the table, they're going to tell everybody the issue's about to be back on the table if Republicans win. They are always going to come out and say those things. You could pass a constitutional amendment tomorrow to say abortion is legal and paid for by the government, and Democrats and the pro-abortion groups will still spend billions of dollars scaring people into believing that if Republicans win, that's going to go away. You are never well, going to get this issue off the table. Then it gets back to the morons who vote for that, like the younger people. That's why you need to do TikTok and Instagram, and that's why you need somebody like Vivek in there. I actually thought that woman, that other woman who was running against Ronna McDaniel would have been pretty good. I forget her name, but she would have been a better choice than, than Ronna McDaniel. Mitt Romney McDaniel. McDaniel. She makes me crazy. But you know what? Here's the issue, too. Rich, I talk to a lot of people in Bucks County. A lot of the women, I hate to say it, but they vote with their emotion. And these are Republican women I'm talking about. You know, they get hung up with Trump with his nasty tweets and everything else. And, and I have one person, a, a client of mine, a woman, very successful, multimillionaire. She goes, you know what? The worst thing that ever happened in history. I go, no, what? Giving women the right to vote because we vote with our emotions. Of course, I know that wouldn't fly in today's world. But you know what? She's right to a certain extent. A lot of women vote based. Oh, they're going to take my abortion rights away. Well, First of all, you're taking your kids. Listen, listen, stop, stop. You're you're you're, you're Bo. I love you. But you are you, what you're doing is, is you're buying into the narrative. That you're hearing from the talking heads on corporate media, the political analysts who are looking at this election from 30,000 feet. That's not how most women think. That's how the women who are abortion voters think. That's how they think. That's how they vote. And they're always going to vote Democrat, Bo. We have to get more people to the polls to to overcome that. That's the reality. It's like you sitting here and telling me we got to we got to to get rid of those gun voters. Let's just give everybody guns. You you don't think then that, that the people that moti- that are motivated by the Second Amendment are not going to respond to a mail piece that says if you vote for candidate A, he's going to undo that and take away your guns. Of course, they're going to be motivated by that. People that are motivated by single issues are always going to be motivated by single issues. You have to overcome that. That's how you win elections. I, I agree with you. We have so many better issues than that. Just from oh, paying this $12,000 inflation tax that we're paying, paying now. I don't know how people could even consider voting that way. I hear you. Know, you. Even if they're just pro-abortion, it makes me crazy. Love your show, Rich, as always. Thank you Thank for you setting both. me straight. You got it, pal. I appreciate it. I just I just think from a 30,000-foot view, everybody has to – got to pull back. I, these, these analysts that go on TV and radio – and start with their pronunciations. I'm not saying Bo's doing this, but their big pronouncements of we got to get rid of Trump and we got to get rid of abortion as an issue. Stop. Those things are never going away. And they had nothing to do with what happened yesterday. Nothing. What happened yesterday is turnout sucked. That's the bottom line. Turnout was awful. It was abysmal, period. And Democrats have figured this out and they get their people out to vote. So Republicans have to do the same damn thing or they're going to keep losing. If tomorrow every state in the country passed a state amendment that said abortion is legal and the national constitution had an amendment that said abortion is legal, there are still going to be 
NARAL and Planned Parenthood attack ads against candidates who even come out and say they're, 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 they would support keeping those amendments. And the attack ads would say that candidate is going to undo those amendments and take away your abortion, quote unquote, rights. That issue is always going to be there. So figure out how you can get people to the polls to overcome those voters who are those single voter issues. And the Republicans are not doing that because they're not getting people out to the polls. And the Democrats are. So 100 percent of the people who are motivated by keeping abortion legal showed up to vote yesterday. And there are a lot of pro-life people who stayed home because it's not their primary issue. They happen to be pro-life, but it's not their single issue. And for whatever reason, the other things were not enough to motivate them. That's the problem. So I agree abortion is a great motivator for Democrats to get out to vote. Yes, but it always will be no matter what, period. It always will be. The answer is not turning around and suddenly embracing every, we can only have pro-choice candidates. That is not the answer. That is not going to work. Carolyn Carluccio had to spend all this time explaining how she was not going to be able to make abortion illegal as a Supreme Court justice. It doesn't work. The fear fear tactics work. You have to overcome the threshold that the Democrats are bringing on Election Day. And we're not doing it. We're not doing it because we're still stuck in our old fashioned ways of everybody voting on Election Day. I'm guilty of it myself. I voted at 745 p.m. last night. I barely made it. I'm guilty of this myself. So I'm lecturing me, too, because I like voting on Election Day and I don't like voting by mail and I don't like drop boxes and I don't like early voting. But I have to accept these things, too. I have to or I'm going to be faced with a Democrat president in 2024. That's it. Period. It there, Nothing is going to change that. We have to get our people out to vote. We're not doing that. And we're leaving way too much to chance on Election Day. We used to say back in the day, let's hope for rain on Election Day as Republicans will win because most Democrats would stay home if it rained. Well, now it's the opposite. That Democrat voted two weeks ago. So it doesn't matter if it rains. That Democrat had his mail-in ballot dropped off in a box five days ago. That Democrat had somebody pick up that ballot and deliver it two days ago. You know what I mean? You see what I'm saying? So now we're leaving Election Day up the chance. We're leaving it up the chance where somebody has a late meeting or the kids get sick or there's traffic or there's bad weather. Now we're the ones leaving Election Day up the chance. And it's foolish. It's foolish. It doesn't make any sense. Ah, 855-839-1210. Richard is in Cherry Hill. Hello, Richard. Hey, Rich, how you doing? Real quick, you're confusing me because, again, a little history. Why are you going against Trump's wishes? Wasn't it Pennsylvania in 2020 where Trump was way, way ahead and all of a sudden all this huge mail-in ballot came through and Trump lost and Trump came out and said no mail-in ballots. And that's why we also lost Georgia because Trump said no mail-in ballots. Why do you not agree with Trump on this? Do I have to agree with Trump on everything? No, but if that's his wishes, there's a reason why he doesn't want people to do mail-in ballots. I'd love to know what it is. Well, then ask him. <laughs> what are you asking me for? I don't know. 
Well, I don't understand, because to me, he hurts the party by saying that. Don't you agree? Well, I think if he says it this time around, he's going to be making a huge mistake. I think 2020 was a totally different world. I think a lot of people were very upset by mail-in balloting in 2020. And you have to remember that what happened with that election with mail-in balloting was the government, particularly the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, played games and said the deadline that's in the that's in the state statute doesn't count. And we're going to extend that deadline by three days. And they had no right to do that. And that was completely unconstitutional. But it was a different world. That was four years ago. So it doesn't matter. I had I, I was against mail-in uh, balloting in 2020. We got to deal with 2024. Enough with the rear window. Or can we move on from that? I think we have to wake up an awful lot of Republicans to accept that. Uh, absolutely. And Trump needs to as well. And I think he will this time around. I'm very confident he will. Thank you for the call, Rich. Appreciate it. Uh, one more before I take a break. Let's see. Uh uh, Don Franconia. Don, go ahead. Hey, good evening. How you doing today, Rich? Good, Don. What's up, buddy? Well, if you're doing good, you might be the only person I know that would be. Uh, yesterday was a disaster. Uh, I've five, five or six times now I've worked the polls uh, where I live. And I, I'm telling you, it's a great experience. I recommend it for anyone who, like myself, has plenty of time to do it, and I'm retired, so I have. sometimes I have too much time on my hands, to be honest with you. But it was great experience, and where, where I vote at, I would say the Republicans did about 62% based on what I saw posted today where I vote, uh, which I thought was excellent. But I, I also feel like I'm Custer at Custer's last stand because where I live, I am boarded by the Penridge School District, which had five people running for the school board, and they all lost. I, uh, there was five people, uh, Republicans, that lost at Lansdale, which borders, borders where I live on the other side of where I live. And uh, it, it just gets it's ridiculous what's going on. Yeah, well, we got to fix it. Don, thanks for volunteering as a poll worker. Appreciate it, buddy, very much, and have a great rest of your night. All right, more of your thoughts, more of your calls, 855-839-1210, on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Let me tell you about Dr. Mike Venaria. He loves our veterans, and he is saluting them this coming Saturday at his office in Cinnamonson, New Jersey. Love to see you there for his annual Veterans Day breakfast. Dr. Mike Venaria does this every year. And, yes, my whole family goes there. As a matter of fact, my wife was there today. That's right. Bridget had an appointment with Dr. Mike Venaria today. So when I tell you the whole family goes there, the whole family really goes there. The level of care and commitment to dental excellence that Dr. Mike and his staff delivers to every patient will make you want to go to the dentist. If you've been contemplating that big invasive dental procedure and you're nervous, don't be. Reach out to Dr. Mike for a second opinion free consultation. Listen, you only have one smile. So please, trust it to Dr. Venaria who's been delivering results that surpass expectations that has made him a top dentist in New Jersey for 10 consecutive years. He has one of the most respected reputations among his peers as a master of dental implants. You have a choice, a clear choice to make for you and your family. So give Dr. Venaria a call today. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. He has two locations to serve you, Cinnamonson and Woodbury, right over the bridge. So schedule your free implant consultation today your perfect smile. Call 856-786-2020. 856-786-2020. Or visit VenariaDental.com. That's V-A-N-A-R-I-A 
VenariaDental.com. And don't forget the Veterans Breakfast and free community shredding event coming up this Saturday, November 11th at his Cinnamonson office on Riverton Road. It's on Veterans Day. Free shredding, free coffee, cake, donuts, pizza, and a chance to salute our country and our veterans. Everyone is welcome to attend. VenariaDental.com. VenariaDental.com. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, so, as we analyzed the election yesterday, 855-839-1210, want to hear your thoughts. There's also a bunch of other things going on as well. Uh, The breaking news today, the House Oversight Committee has subpoenaed Hunter Biden and James Biden and Hunter's business associate. Uh, Seven Nashville police officers have been put on leave for possibly leaking the manifesto of the deranged school shooter, Audrey Hale, who hated uh, whites and rich people and Christians and straight people and basically everybody. Uh, So that's what's happening now. And police in New Jersey, thanks to Road Warrior for saying this out. Uh, SWAT teams and tactical units are searching for a man who was at the Capitol building on January 6, 2021, the high holy day of the left. They are searching the woods of New Jersey for him. SWAT teams and police uh, searching for this man with charges tied to January 6th. I don't know what he did on January 6th that would justify such an amazing FBI presence, but I'm sure like the feds always do, they love to send a message. Uh, Jennifer Stefano is the executive vice president of the Commonwealth Foundation and a columnist at the Philadelphia Inquirer. And she joins me now. Jennifer, hello. How are you? Sure. Good evening to you. Thank you for having me on. Of course. Uh, Rough day yesterday. Yeah, I think for the Republicans, it was not good. It was not what they hoped. I was I'm looking at the returns. I'm actually surprised by how close they got in a number of races considering considering they were outspent uh, two to one, two to one. So, um, you know, it was a better showing than expect, you know, than, than I think it ought to have been, considering how much the left spent. So they were outspent. How was the turnout as you look at the numbers? Because the way the turnout that I'm looking at was, was, was pretty bad for Republicans yesterday. It was. Um, I think you have to understand that there's kind of been a switch in the United States. We're leading up to um, the Dobbs case, the Roe versus Wade being overturned. The Republicans had more of the passion on abortion than the Democrats. And I think now you're seeing that sort of shift. I think the Republicans see it as less of a problem, less of an issue. And the Democrats have used it to mobilize their base. And I think that's what you're looking at. This isn't, I think, new people, or I don't think it's the, the independence or the middle. I think it is what I call the Barack Obama effect and what he did in 2012, which is he didn't win more of independence. He just increased the turnout of his base. And that can win elections. I mean, that can absolutely win elections and Republicans aren't doing it. I agree with you 100 percent, 100 percent. And I and I and I'm really tired of people that are looking at this election and and saying these big pronouncements like Ann Coulter did today that pro-lifers are going to kill the Republican Party. These are the same voters. It's just the Democrats are getting them out to vote. Obama had an incredible get out the vote operation in 2008. And the Democrats have figured this out right now because they embrace mail-in balloting. They embrace absent the, uh, the, the drop boxes and they embrace early voting. And Republicans, we are still stuck on voting on Election Day. And this is yeah. the problem. And we have to acknowledge that. Totally correct. 
Yeah, it's not that it's not that since since Roe was overturned, all these people have started to just register to vote and came out. It's the same freaking people, but they're mobilized, and the Democrats are really good at this, and we and Republicans suck at it. Right, and you know, um, what's going to kill the Republican Party is a lack of a strategy and a plan um, to turn out their base and to engage their base and to go to places like Cambria County and others. And move from, say, and I have to look at the returns. I haven't seen it recently, but certainly when we met Osran, it went from a 67% turnout for Republicans in 2020 to like 52%. And those numbers matter. Everybody forgets there is a central part of the state and all the center counties equal the percentage of votes that come out of Philadelphia. So the Republican Party has to do its job. And I think you're totally correct. The Republicans are fighting the last war. They're still stuck in many ways in in 2020 or scared of mail-in ballots or they want to see Trump president again. And there's a new war with new fronts and new players and they got to play. Yeah, we got to play according to the rules of the game, not according to rules that we wish were part of the game. And this this is this is the battle. I had a very nice woman call the show earlier and she said, France moved to paper ballots. Why can't we? And I, I said, because, well, first of all, we have 50 separate elections and that's not going to happen. Um, somebody else called in and said something to the effect of, uh, well, you know, if, if Donald Trump didn't like mail-in balloting in 2020, I said, well, nobody did. It was brand new back then. But now here it is. And the campaigns have to embrace this. The other thing I think we have to deal with is the social media aspect, because a point was made from a woman who called the show, in, I think the three o'clock hour, Jennifer, And she said, you know, Democrats are really good at utilizing TikTok and they're utilizing Instagram and all these other things. And she said, Republicans are not doing any of this. And that's a problem. And her point was maybe we need a Republican national chairman or woman who can use this technology and embrace people, embrace young people. Because even though we know TikTok is a, a tool by China to spy on people, young people are still on there. They're not they're not leaving that. And Democrats are are flooding the zone here with, with ads. Yeah. And, and look, I, I would, <clears throat> I'm not against that. I think it's an important tactic in, in this strategy, but there's no guarantee that at those expenditures turn people out. And I would be interested to see the age ranges of turnout because it still trends older. So, <clears throat> but you know, older people are on social media and I think this requires strong grassroots organization at the county and the local level, and it requires a united message across the Republican Party, and they have got to put into Republicans, they have to go put trust back into the election system. And, you know, the the thing that's, oh, well, Donald Trump thinks we should go to paper ballots. Well, Donald Trump thought everyone should get a vaccine for COVID, and nobody agreed on the Republicans who agreed with him on that. So it's convenient to say you agree with President Trump on one thing but not another, and that's kind of my point. He's not always right. He's not God. And I can't believe the amount of times I have to state this. Donald Trump is not God. And I, I think, like, please, he is not the ruler supreme of the Republican Party. I think there are that the leaders of the Republican Party have got to start solidifying behind someone who can bring people together, who can speak to the base, who can excite them and who can demand an operation that can win and that's just business right rich like i come from the business world this is a business proposition and i'd be saying it the same way if i was analyzing the democrats this is a business and the republican party 
is not good as a, at its business right now. So, and I think that um, we have to think about that. And we have to, that has to be that the Republicans have to own this. Well, I think if if Trump is the nominee in twenty twenty four, he's going to be all over mail in balloting. I think I think his campaign is going to embrace it. I think they're going to have to. I, it's it's more, in my opinion, a question of do. Can we as Republican voters, can we philosophically embrace this and and get over this? And I, and and I would be it would be helpful if he would come out, whoever the nominee is and say and say that I, I really think we have to. We're, we're just we're t- we're rolling the dice here on Election Day. We're rolling the dice oh, thinking yeah. people are going to turn out to vote. And Democrats are just not taking these votes for granted. And, and I, but no. we, we have this old mindset still. Yeah, and I don't think it takes a huge percentage swing, similar to winning over, say, the black vote or the Hispanic vote, or, or, or you don't always need to win the vast majority. Inroads need to be made. Percentages need to be shaved off, and it's the same with mail-in balloting. Republicans need to go to their base, and they need to have a convincing reason to get people to turn out to this election. And they, the, the big thing, though, is spending. I mean, um, the Republicans were outspent. We need groups both in the state and out of the state to invest money the way the left did. I mean, everyone from the ACLU, um, Planned Parenthood, there's a couple of Soros-funded groups out of Ohio and other places, a lot of groups out of D.C., that all poured money into Pennsylvania to fight this, and they outspent um, two to one. Uh, Those were the initial numbers I'm seeing. So, um, I, I, I think that also is something that, um, you know, the National Republican Party and others really have to think about. Yeah. Jennifer Stefano is with me. Uh, she is executive vice president of the Commonwealth Foundation and columnist of the Philadelphia Inquirer. You mentioned how in your piece, your latest piece, that Josh Shapiro is the least productive governor that we've had, which I, I, I like the fact I like when politicians aren't effective, because then usually it means that they're not passing new laws and regulations and making my <laughs> life miserable. Um, but at the same time. We're, there's there there are things that are very important to Pennsylvania that are not happening right now, and why is that? Yeah, I, you know, you ask a great question. Why is Josh Shapiro not getting stuff done? He didn't get the budget done. He vetoed his own priority and lifeline scholarships. Democratic priorities are not getting done. Um, I've learned, Rich, you're asking a question. It's sort of like trying to divine uh, some mystical thing. Josh Shapiro came into office with enormous political capital. He trounced his Republican opponent. Uh, Democrats are popular. Josh Shapiro is popular. Where I see the problem for Shapiro is that Josh Shapiro is popular, but in our recent polling from the Commonwealth Foundation, people can't name any of his accomplishments. And that's because outside of I-95, he's not putting up big ones. But as I wrote in my column in the Philadelphia Inquirer, there are competitors in the field, other governors, um, who are, who have divided government and who are putting up big wins, including Democrats putting up major tax cuts uh, for their constituents. And even in Virginia, um, Youngkin, Governor Youngkin, um, who didn't have a good light night last night, but still, I don't know if he didn't. By the way, to... I'm I'm seeing some numbers coming out of there, and I, he might have had a better night than we think. I, I think Possibly. it just kind of depends on the analysis. But, <laughs> but anyway, but, but go go ahead with your point. Yeah, I I I think um, w- what I'm saying is that there's a lot of governors in the United States, both Democrat and Republicans, that have divided government, 
and they're able to get things done. And, and the remarkable thing is even Democrats are putting up tax cuts. Um, Youngkin not only put up a big tax cut with his Democratic legislature, he also gave a raise to law enforcement. So there's lots of constructive things that um, could be happening that aren't under Governor Shapiro. And so you really do have to ask yourself, a man that is seen as a political savant, a man with all this uh, political capital, a man that generally is well-liked by Pennsylvania, why is he the least productive governor in 50 years? And we at the Commonwealth Foundation measured that based on the amount of legislation that has crossed his desk in this time frame since he's been in office compared to governors going back to 1975. And like you, Rich, <clears throat> you know, Slow government is lovely government, but there are, you know, look, I was down um, at Crystal Bay down in North Philly today and saw children in some of, that would be going to the worst public schools in our, in, in our city. And instead they were at the wonderful Crystal Way, which is a Roman Catholic high school where they work at corporations one day a week and they have a 100% college acceptance rate. So, you know, this is, this yeah. is what's needed. Jennifer Stefano, I agree. And I think we've covered a lot of ground on this day. And the last thing I'm going to ask you before I let you go here is how's your mom doing? My mother is on her way to my house with pizza. She is she was frantic to get here in time to 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 watch me do the interview with you. She thinks that's very exciting, but she is listening in her car as she's speeding. Hopefully not. No, don't speeding, speed. No, don't drive safe. Right. Yeah, exactly. Tell my mother. What What kind of pizza. now I'm starving. What kind of pizza are you getting? You know what? I don't know. She's going to surprise me. She's been out galvanizing with some of my gaggle of children. So we'll see what I <laughs> okay. uh, we'll see what the lights walk through the door. All I know is I don't have to cook. And that's the dream. Uh, before I let, but one more question, though, since you brought up Glenn Youngkin, a lot of people are thinking that maybe Youngkin would jump in the race. The, the results from yesterday have to be analyzed a little bit more, I think, in terms of Virginia. But. Does 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 Biden even run at this point? I mean, you got what's his name coming out over the weekend? Axelrod and saying Biden's got to get out of the race. I mean, you have obviously there are Republicans who are hoping that maybe I, I'm not one of them, but there are Republicans that are hoping that somebody else will get in the race. Um, do you think that, that it's going to wind up being a rematch of I know you don't have a crystal ball, but Trump versus Biden or what's going to happen here? Yeah, I think it's going to be. a and, and, and again, this being American politics. I don't. I don't believe it's going to be Trump or Biden. I, I, again, really? I don't wish ill to our current president. Um, I, I think he's. You know, I, I'm. I feel that if, look, if he, if he wants to run, he can run. I hope nothing ill comes to him. But I, I think the Democrats have an enormous problem on their hands. I think the pressure is mounting. I think you already saw people calling out that Gavin Newsom's running a shadow campaign. I don't foresee a guy like Josh Shapiro or Glenn Youngkin jumping into this race, even if. Trump gets out, I think these guys are going to bide their time because this is going to be an ugly, expensive fight. And considering that, you know, Trump and Biden are still at the top of the ticket, all I'll say is this is it saves money for both the Democrats and Republicans in one way, in that everybody's shooting at Trump and Biden, um, verbally, obviously, and, and, and kind of uh, you can maybe reserve some of your powder, keep your powder dry and not jump in or not announce or not get too vigorous. Because I do think, you know, within the next, again, this being American politics, I hate making these predictions, but I think it is perfectly feasible and possible that you could see neither Trump nor Biden um, running for the president of the United States. Fascinating. Well, 
At least we will be entertained no matter what. Enjoy the pizza. Jennifer Stefano, say hi to your mom, Executive Vice President of the Commonwealth Foundation and columnist at the Philadelphia Inquirer. We'll post a link to your latest piece. Thanks, my friend. Okay, thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on. You bet. It's the 5 o'clock happy hour. Happy hour. Brought to you by the Oceanfront Grand Hotel of Cape May. Save 15% on midweek stays, Sunday through Thursday. Now till December 31st. Just mention the promo code Zioli at GrandHotelCapeMay.com. Ed is in Del Rand. He's been holding for quite some time. Ed, my man, what's going on? What are your thoughts? Hey, listen, I got a lot of thoughts. And you, you know what? Do. Hey, let's simplify some of this. I have a brother who's an engineer, and he's retired now, and he's done very well for himself. And here's one of his theories about New Jersey, and I'm going to have to agree with him because when they legalized marijuana, you know what they did with all the money? They pumped it into all the inner cities so then they can tell everybody who votes Democrat, hey, you better get out and vote Democrat, and they give them cigarettes and give them bus rides or they give them absentee, you know, ballots to mail in or whatever. And they say, you better vote Democrat or you're going to lose all these beautiful benefits that we're giving you because those evil Republicans are going to take it all away. Well, there was a thing years ago where they were giving out cigarettes, but now I think it's they give away uh, vaping. I don't think cigarettes anymore. I think it's the vapes. Okay. Well, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to have to say they, they get these inner city votes, uh, you know, and they and they this overwhelms because then you got a low Republican turnout. And it's like my wife said, she said, you know, you got Democrats knocking on doors and going crazy to get the vote and get the voters out or get the votes in whatever fashion they're getting them. And you got Republicans who are nonchalant, not working that hard. I'm not saying all of them, I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush, but there are some that are just not enthusiastic. I get it. I, I hear you, man. I, and, and, and we take it for granted. We, we just, we, we sit back and we wait till election day and Democrats and, don't do that. And that's the big and lesson. Rich, I am with you 100%. I have never since 18 missed a vote for even the dog catcher. Yeah. You should run for dog catcher. <laughs> Thanks, you'd, be a, you'd be a heck of a dog catcher for Del Rand. I'm just saying it. <laughs> All right, buddy. All thanks right. for the call. Always good talking to you. I appreciate it, Ed. And Mike, you go ahead. You're the, you're the last word before the hour. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, Rich, I'm burned out. But anyway, I know people that got free mail-in votings, and they mailed all three votings in Democrats. I know people like that. I got a place in the mountains, people that have been voted. that They didn't go vote, but their vote was already in. And I said you before, which you blew me up a long time ago. Why don't we have barcodes? When you mail in your ballot, no matter when you can mail anyone, but a barcode, you can't put three ballots in at one shot. And one other question for a hang I blew you up. I don't remember that. Yeah, I was months ago. You just blew me. You didn't didn't talk to me, but I got the bone rush. But I'm saying to you, why don't they have a barcode? You go in your store and you got your barcode. That's it. You can't put two items in the same thing. Boom, you already got your already got Because it would make it harder to cheat. That's why. And as long as Democrats are in charge, they're not going to give you barcodes. Why don't they have it? Because Democrat, because it'll, because New Jersey. I'm, I'm answering. We hang up. Okay, listen. I understand. Listen, in New Jersey, yeah. we got, I do construction. A lot of guys are not. Uh, they're Mexican, Guatemalan, blah blah. But they all got license to come in Pennsylvania to work. So can they vote? Could they have license to drive a car and a truck? 
it, de- it depends on the election. They're not they're not supposed to be voting in 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 they're not supposed but to be I'm, voting. But, but certain cities but have I'm passed. I'm saying to you, they yes. have a license. Yes, they have. You know, can they can they vote? Probably yes. I think that and is what Democrats are trying to do. I own property. I own property in the mountains, and they're looking to buy my land. You know, you know, three extra price for it. Why are Ohio and this is California are sending me letters in the mail saying we want to buy your 30 acres. We want to buy your 60 acres. So my question is, why are they trying to buy it up there? And the third thing is they're sending eagles. This is in Bradford County, Pennsylvania. They got Mexicans all up in there, all put all over the place everywhere. So are they trying to make it one? No more Republicans. And one other thing, Republicans ain't got no damn backbone. They stink. They got no backbone. The border, everything. Uh, the, Mike, the, I got to yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to give you the bums you rush. You go. said I the know, million things. Code, okay, I got to go. Uh, barcodes, I got you. I got to go. I got to take a break. Top of the hour. We'll be right back. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. And on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter always live on the free Odyssey app the revolution will be broadcast this is the next generation of talk now on talk radio 1210 WPHT Rich Zioli Talking about the election, we got a debate tonight that no one cares about. We have breaking news regarding the subpoenas into the Biden crime family, the government trying to reform the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, I should say Republicans trying to, to protect their privacy, and seven Nashville police officers on leave after that Nashville manifesto was leaked. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Let me uh, go to Michael and Marlton. He's been patiently holding. Michael, how are you, sir? Hey, how you doing, Rich? Nice speaking with you. Nice speaking with you. Hey, Rich, I think you guys have it all wrong. There's an old saying, the fish stinks at the head, and I think you have to go to the top of the Republican Party. They need someone who can run that party and change the message. It, It needs to be revamped. Because you're not getting, you're not getting the right amount of people, the right people. You need, you need to get women. Why don't the Republicans try to get the woman's vote? It's, it's right there. And I'll tell you who's waiting there. Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley is the obvious choice. And yet everyone, everyone. Well, if that's wants the case, Donald then Nikki Trump. Haley will win the primary and she'll be the Republican nominee. Do you think she's got a shot? No, I don't. But it, but you have a woman running, so your theory is that why are, why are Republicans not running women? She's running, so by based on your theory, she'll be the nominee. I think the answer is women don't really care if it's a woman or a man. They want the best person for the job. I don't, I don't think women are monolithic like that. I think that that is a mistake that we make sometimes, that the left does all the time, which is to put people in boxes and categories. There are some women who can't stand Nikki Haley. They, they absolutely hate her positions. I don't think people just vote on people's genitals. I really don't. To be honest with you, I don't. Okay. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. I never thought that. I never considered that. But why do all the polls have her beating Biden by, by more points than uh, if Trump were? Well, you got to look at which, which, first of all, I would say to you at this point, Biden's going to lose to whoever the nominee is. 
Nikki Haley's got to get out of the primary. That's not up to me. That's not up to you. That's not up to anybody but Nikki Haley. Can she beat Donald Trump in a primary? That's can she or not? I mean, if she can't beat Trump in a primary, she's not going to be the nominee. So we can we can be hypothetical all day long about who the best candidate would be. That person has to get elected by Republican voters. And, you know, if she does, then she'll be the nominee. If she doesn't, she's not going to be. I mean, you know, we can we can. I had this conversation with somebody today about her. I said, well, then if she can if she can beat Trump, well, then she'll be the nominee. I don't know what else to say to that. Right. I, I think if all the other candidates drop out, I think if it's a if it's a choice between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump, I think I'd like to believe Republican voters are, are smart enough to realize she's their best shot at getting the White House back. Well, first of all, you're asking a lot for the other Republicans with their giant egos to drop out, number one. Number two, uh, I think that considering her positions on U.S. military foreign policy, I think a lot of people, even women, would stick with Trump over Nikki Haley based on the fact that I think they think Nikki Haley would get us closer to more military conflict than Donald Trump would. That's my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I view it. And I don't think the fact that she has a vagina will matter at all. I, I think it'll be the policy positions, in my opinion. Okay, I like I said, I I, I still think she's their best choice, and I'm... Then, I, then I you should, by wins. all means, support her, my fine. friend. You should, you should support her, by all means. If you get to the point where the New Jersey that. primary comes around in June and she's still on the ballot, uh, because our primary doesn't matter in our state, unfortunately... Um, Ben, you should support her. You should send her money. You should back her. You should do everything you possibly can to help Nikki Haley win. If you really support her and you really like her, I'm not, I'm not telling you not to. I'm just saying that, you know, the idea that Republicans, that, that, that we can't win without Nikki Haley on the ballot, I think is just, I think it's a ludicrous idea. And it's, and you're not the first person who said that to me today. I think whoever the Republican nominee is, whether it's Nikki Haley or it's Donald Trump or it's Ron DeSantis or anybody else. We got to get our people out in 2024, and if we don't, we're going to lose. I think that's the lesson. Yeah, there's absolutely. Yeah, there, there's no enthusiasm. There's no enthusiasm for any. It doesn't seem to be for any Republican candidates. We've been losing races since 2017. It's been like five years now, six years. Nothing's changing, Rich. It's the same, the same result every time. Well, if that's the case, then based on your theory, Nikki Haley will will get people out to vote for her in the primary because they'll be enthused by her and she will end up winning. But the other candidates would have to get out of the race in order for her to overcome the incredible margin that Donald Trump has. My opinion, my political prognostication, I do not see that happening, but we shall see how it goes. Michael, thank you for the call, my friend. I appreciate it. All right. Okay. Thanks, Rich. Yep. You're welcome. I appreciate it very much. Uh, And I'm not a fan of Nikki Haley. I've made that point very clear on the show before, but uh, but I respect Michael's opinion, and obviously I respect everyone's opinion. That's the kind of guy I am. All right, uh, I had some other things. I, I got to get to. I got to get the spying stuff. I got to get to all this. Today's just been a day. We took a lot of calls. We're done with calls for I think about a year now. I guess right. We filled our quota. About a year, one point two years, something like that. Uh, I feel like we took more calls today than we genuinely did over the course of the last three months. Yeah, total. probably. Yeah, I think. I think we're good for a little while anyway. <laughs> no, they were great calls. Actually, the calls were fantastic today. They were excellent. Very thought-provoking, very engaging. I loved it. Do you have that clip of David Axelrod by chance? Did uh, I send yeah, you that? I do have that. David Axelrod, who 
called on Obama to drop. Well, after he met with Obama, he came out and called on Biden to drop out of the race. David Axelrod, the political prognosticator himself on CNN, talking about Joe Biden. Take a listen. And just finished. <laughs> yeah. uh, the territory of one term presidents. Yes. Um, going back to Jimmy Carter. Um, I jotted this down. Jimmy Carter was at 32 percent. That's worse. Yes. OK. Yeah. But that's about as good yeah, as and it can he get. lost. Look. The difference here is that he isn't running against Ronald Reagan. He's not running against some fresh face. He's running against Donald Trump. And that's what gives him hope. And I think Who also the only other person at that low level, close to that low. I level, mean, his numbers are are, are are equally bad, though, on, you know, in other polling and and in some here, there are comparatives, as we talked about earlier on this, you know, uh, foreign leadership question and so on that are that are discouraging i would only say this um whether it's fair or not and joe biden has a lot of accomplishments to his credit he led the country through uh the pandemic and uh you know while inflation is still the prism through which people are looking at the economy on jobs and some other measures he's done quite well despite all that those facts he and maybe no incumbent president at this juncture is going to win a referendum on their own performance. He has to frame the choice and he has to frame it aggressively and he has to frame it right away because if nothing else, these are, uh, these are a flashing uh, red light here. Uh, so David went through independence and I. Flashing red light. Flashing red light. That's the bottom line. Flashing red light. It, he's not wrong and that's why they want, they want Biden out of the race. He's not the only one. Here's ex Democrat Congressman Tim Ryan of Ohio calling on Biden to drop out of the 2024 election. Cut number six. Um, and I, I do think, I, look, I've said this, Casey, this is not this is not breaking news. I don't think the president should run. I don't think Trump should run. I don't think President Biden should run. We have talent in the Democratic Party. Um, there are some leaders in the Republican Party who are willing to take on the insurrectionists and take on trump and I think that's those enough for him all right here's the head of, of uh, black lives matter former head of black lives matter or is still involved in some way shape or form here who has come out and said he's backing donald trump because everybody else sucks this is a man named mark fisher co-founder of a black lives matter chapter in rhode island and founder of a new black lives matter related organization he's on a media tour advocating for donald trump to be president in 2024 this is why i think the democrats if they do make a switch, I think it'll be Michelle Obama for a variety of reasons. But one of them is they're terrified about losing the black vote. And Kamala Harris is a loser who loses worse than Joe Biden. Um, this is what he said. OK, let's start off with you, uh, a BLM leader, and you're now endorsing Donald Trump, saying he's the best candidate we have. Why do you think he is the best candidate that we have? Because everybody else sucks. <laughs> so is he just the best of a bad group? I mean, is he still, is he not that great either, but he's just like better than the rest? Well, you know, I like Trump, you know, um, personally. And I think right now who we have sitting in the Oval Office is just a deep disappointment. You know, I deeply um, have disdain for him. And, and, and I, I really dislike the vice president as well. They are very worried about losing the black vote. And this is a problem for them because they, they want to swap out Biden. But if they do it with white guy, Gavin Newsom or white guy, Phil Murphy, and they drop black woman, Kamala Harris, they've got a problem. 
That's the only reason why I think the Michelle Obama thing has legs. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I know Susie's going to be upset with me for even bringing it up. But just keep all that in mind. And obviously the Obama people are still calling the shots here and they want him gone. They want Biden gone. Because Axelrod said all this after a weekend hanging out with the Obamas at their 15th anniversary celebration of Barack Obama's historic win. A lot lot to digest from today's show. Turnout, turnout, turnout. That's the big story of the day. Turnout, no question about it. And we'll talk more about that. But the government is doing something. They're targeting a Christian school. Shocking. And an effort by conservatives and some Democrats to rein in the reckless spying by our government that abuses the powers we gave them in the wake of 9-11. I talked to Congressman Guy Reschenthaler about this earlier on the show, and I'm going to get back into it with you as well. But I want to tell you about my buddy, Tom Skopinich, because if you are injured in an accident, you need a lawyer to help you maximize your recovery and get the fair value of your case. Do not assume the insurance companies are going to take care of you and value your case fairly. Insurance companies are big businesses concerned with one thing, and that's their bottom line. You need the law offices of Thomas G. Skopinich. Tom has been serving the greater Delaware Valley for over 25 years, and he's helped many clients. With offices located in Lansdale, Montgomery County, let Tom help you maximize your recovery and get the fair value for your case. You know, prior to starting his own practice, Tom Skopinich used to work for and on behalf of insurance companies, which gives him a unique understanding of the strategies and tactics used by insurance companies when they are fighting your case. Contact Tom online at scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com, or call him at 215-624-2211. He's licensed in PA and he's licensed in New Jersey so he can help you on either side of the river. Stay away from the billboard clowns, all those people you see driving home. You want a guy who's going to actually work with you actually help you and fight for you. And that's what Tom Skopinich does. And that's what he's been doing for 25 years, maximizing recoveries and get, making sure people get the, the most value they can for their case. That's what he does. And he'll do it for you. And he's going to do it with you with passion because that's the kind of guy he is. Scopelawyer.com, 215-624-2211. Get what you deserve today. The law offices of Thomas G. Skopinich, scopelawyer.com. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, welcome back. It is our Wednesday post-mortem edition of the show after yesterday's disappointing election results, which I've talked about for most of the afternoon today, and thank you for the calls on it. We have a lot to chat about, obviously, and uh, there's multi-multi-levels of this. Again, by the way, I want to uh, thank the Daily Caller for publishing the story about Alan Dershowitz calling Obama a villain because Obama is a villain and he's been a villain in all of this. And I'm glad that Daily Caller picked it up, picked up the story, made a little national news for us. That's what we like, kids, right? Like a little national news. So that's good stuff. All right. Um, what do I want to talk about this? Oh, I know what I want to talk about. In the middle of all this, and first of all, the, the main takeaway from today, if you're just joining me and where you've been, is that we have to deal with mail-in voting and drop boxes, and we've got to, Republicans have to seize that game. The turnout is abysmal, and that is really the main takeaway. Why turnout is abysmal is, that's a multi-layered question, but the conclusion as to why yesterday was such a disappointment, truly, is because of the fact that turnout was abysmal. 
the reasons for turnout being abysmal are multi-layered. But that, in a nutshell, is the bottom line. That's the bottom line. No, no question about it. So the, the government is weaponized against us. We know this. A bipartisan government surveillance reform act would stop a lot of warrantless surveillance on American citizens. And this is now something that Congress is looking into doing. And I think it's a good thing. And they're saying this has to be the condition for the renewal of Section 702. A bipartisan collection of privacy-minded lawmakers announced the introduction of a bill that would reform and restrain the authorities of federal agencies from snooping on American citizens and collecting data without getting a warrant first. Imagine that. The government actually has to come to you and get a warrant, actually has to go before a judge and say the time and the place and what they're looking for. And it has to be specific and it can't be a general warrant. Imagine the government of the United States of America doing that. Isn't that something? Uh, But they don't have to do that anymore now. There's so many different ways to snoop around and spy on you from your TV to your car, everything else. They know what you're doing at all times, exactly at all times. And I'm sick of it. I really am. And I've been saying this for years. You know, if you've been with me since day one, you know that I was one of the first conservative voices out there to say that we cannot allow the Constitution to be trampled on in the name of stopping terrorists because one day the terrorists might be us. Well, congratulations, that day is today. And I still remember that caller. Oh, Rich, what do you want to get blown up by a terrorist? Because I was so angry at the warrantless surveillance that was going on by our government against us. And yeah, you know what? The the threat of of the guy in a cave from Afghanistan is not what we're talking about right now. It's the threat of a guy in a MAGA hat and a Betsy Ross flag. And even if it was the guy in Afghanistan, it's the point is, if we're going to allow American citizens to be trampled on, to have liberty shredded and for them to just step all over the Constitution in the name of keeping us safe, then this is what we get. This is what we get. What we have, this weaponized government, where do you think it started? I said this when I spoke at the Montgomery County Republican dinner, I guess, what, two weeks ago now? A week ago, whenever it was, last week. Time's flying these days, huh? And I said, Republicans have to own this. Got to own this. You know, there were a lot of Republicans back then, including Republican talk show hosts, who were out there saying, we need the spying, we need the spying, we need the spying. It's the only way to prevent another 9-11. And, and I said at the time, if you give up your liberty to the government in the name of keeping you safe, then all the powers you give them, They will weaponize and they will use against you for political purposes. That was my Zioli axiom for years. That was the Zioli axiom I shared in afternoons and in mornings and back in afternoons. But even prior to afternoons, I shared that when I was the night guy and I shared that when I was the fill-in guy. I always said that, the Zioli axiom. Give up your liberty to the government under the guise of keeping you safe, whatever powers you give them, They will take, they will weaponize, and they will use against you politically. And now what do we have? We have the House Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Government because we are at such a fever point right now of the government spying on us, targeting us, censoring us, silencing us, shoving information in our face, telling us what we can say, what we can't say. I am so sick of the words misinformation and disinformation. I want to never hear them again. We have an entire government agency that is dedicated to telling you what is the truth and for silencing you if you try to say something different. Multiple private sector entities, including the corporate media and big tech involved in this, and college universities like Stanford. 
So now we have this Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. Again, another act that the government abused this time in 2016 to spy on Carter Page, George Papadopoulos. Any, anyone who talks to anyone overseas can, can be subjected to the FISA Act with the notion that they will, they will listen to you. They will hear what you have to say. They'll spy on you just to make sure you're not talking to bad guys. And it's their, it's their back door in, into avoiding a warrant on you. It's like uh, the government flying a drone over your house. You know, we have these debates, too, now, where the government's going to say, well, we can fly a drone over your yard. No, you can't. It's my property. Well, you can't spy on me. These are the debates we have right now, all in the name of public safety. So federal, federal surveillance authorities under Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act are up for congressional renewal this year. Section 702 is intended to authorize the warrantless surveillance of foreigners outside the United States for potential threats to national security. Now, for the record, I have no problem with that whatsoever. If you are not an American citizen, the Constitution does not apply to you, especially if you're overseas. So it's not a question in my mind that they can do that. But here's the problem. The problem is, in truth, through various loopholes and tricks These authorities have been used by the federal government to collect and track domestic data and communication by American citizens without us knowing and without warrants. Scott Shackford at Reason.com has an excellent point on this. We've had years of evidence that federal intelligence authorities like the National Security Agency have been misusing their powers and a number of legislative attempts to try to rein them in. Well, now we have a number of lawmakers who introduced the Government Surveillance Reform Act of 2023, intended to add several new restrictions to protect Americans from warrantless snooping and collection of data as the condition for renewing Section 702. The law is co-sponsored in both the House and the Senate by privacy and liberty-minded lawmakers from both parties. Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon, Zoe Lofgren of California, Mike Lee of Utah, Nancy Mace, South Carolina, among others. The FISA court and the director of national intelligence have confirmed that our government conducted warrantless surveillance of millions of Americans, said, said Senator, excuse me, Senator Mike Lee in a statement. It is imperative that Congress enact real reforms to protect our civil liberties, including warrant requirements and statutory penalties for privacy violations. Now, that's a key point the senator makes, too. We need to have actual punishment for these people. If they abuse the Constitution, if they violate our liberty, if they abuse the Bill of Rights, they spy on us without a warrant, they need to be held accountable. I am so sick of this idea that these bureaucrats in Washington can do whatever the hell they want and just walk away, scot-free. No problem. They spied on me. They heard what I had to say. They listened in. They censored me. They shoved disinformation in my face. And nothing happens to them. They infiltrate presidential campaigns. They undermine a president of the United States. They try to stop a, a, an American citizen named Donald Trump from being able to run for president. They use their, their, their police state powers to try to stop him from even running, to try to force him to lose the election, and then to undermine his presidency while he's president. And then they did it again in 2020 with the Hunter Biden laptop. The arrogance of Lisa Page and her lover, Peter Strozak, Mr. Strozak, Mr. Strozak, turning around and saying, we will stop him. We won't let him win. We'll stop him. We, the FBI, the Department of Justice, will stop him. That's police state crap right there. 
That's what they do in police states. They decide who's going to win the election before it ever even happens. They decide. And they determine who's going to get punished. That's not America. That's not freedom. And these people are so arrogant and do it all the time because nothing ever happens to them. There's no ramifications. There's no repercussions. They don't get in trouble. And if you don't get in trouble, why would you stop doing something? If, you, if, if, you, if you're not going to get in trouble for doing it, you're going to keep doing it. It's the bottom line. Senator Mike Lee said, our bipartisan government surveillance reform act stops illegal government spying and restores the constitutional rights of all Americans. The bill addresses and attempts to end a host of different ways that federal authorities have attempted to make end runs around the Fourth Amendment's requirements that officials get a warrant before accessing Americans' private data or communications. Some of these very important reforms include the following. Quote, number one, ending the backdoor search loophole. The massive collection of data authorized by the FISA Act has created a trove of stored information that the FBI has access to investigate domestic crimes, even though that data was collected without warrants for the alleged purpose of protecting us from foreign spies and foreign terrorists. So they take that knowledge and that information and then they use it against American citizens for domestic crimes. You see why that's a problem? Now, it's a problem because they didn't have the authority to be able to get that information about you in the first place because the FISA Act is supposed to be about foreign spies and terrorists. So it's like the old analogy I'd give you is if, um, if the FBI is listening in on a phone call, which happens whenever two or more Italians are together in a room, obviously, and you start talking about personal information, they're supposed to stop listening to that part of the call. They're supposed to turn off the recording. Anything that's private, they're, they're not supposed to spy on. That, that's the analogy I would give you if they had a warrant. In this case, though, of course, they don't have a warrant. And so they're getting this information and then they're turning around and they're prosecuting people for domestic crimes with the idea, well, we, we caught them talking about it or we, we have the information now to use against them. But you didn't obtain the information properly in the first place. So the entire thing has to be thrown out the window. You, you, you cannot allow the government to prosecute you if the government does not follow the rules. There's a reason for that. The Constitution requires a rule book. It is the rule book, and it requires the, the, the government of the United States to follow the rules before they can come after you for a crime because the government has so much massive power to use against you. You see that playing out right now against former President Donald Trump. So how they obtain the information absolutely matters. 100% it does. If they don't have the legal authority to obtain the information, they can't use it against you, period. The power of the FBI to do this was actually expanded under President Donald Trump. A big mistake that I called out at the time. And I think that he's learned his lesson because he listened to too many neocons around him at the time. Too many establishment folks who said, don't worry about it. It's okay. Got to keep us safe. I think he learned his lesson, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Uh, the Government Surveillance Reform Act would close this loophole by requiring authorities to get a warrant before searching citizens' data. It would end reverse targeting of Americans in foreign surveillance. One clever bypass that federal authorities have used to listen in on Americans' communications without having to get a warrant has been to target foreigners overseas that Americans talk to instead. When FISA authorities allow the NSA to wiretap foreign targets, they will have access to all sides of the communication— and that includes Americans whom, under normal circumstances, 
they would not be able to spy on because of the Fourth Amendment. So this bill would prohibit the targeting without consent and prevent the use of data gathered this way in court proceedings. So you can talk to your relatives in Italy without having to worry about it. And in the authority for surveillance about U.S. citizens. Another way the federales secretly spy on us is by collecting data and communications that are about us that come from valid foreign FISA surveillance targets. In other words, the feds can tangentially snoop on specific Americans by warrantlessly collecting communications from foreign sources that mention them. This bill would end that practice. So in other words, if they're... um, there's a conversation going on and somebody says, so how's your, how's your cousin uh, Jimmy doing? Oh, Jimmy's doing good. Well, that doesn't then give the FBI permission to then start spying on Jimmy. Ending purchases of private data from third-party brokers. This is, a, this is a big problem right here. In order to bypass warrants and the Fourth Amendment requirements to gather private information about Americans, government agencies have been turning to third-party data brokers who compile information from our use of phones and computers. Government agencies simply buy data that we have stored. They buy that through third-party sources. Now, they would not be allowed to access that information on their own without a warrant or a subpoena. This bill would prohibit such purchases. And there's more. It's a lot of changes to surveillance authorities that some lawmakers have been trying to pass for years now. And the bill has support from civil rights and privacy groups from across the political spectrum, including the Electronic Frontier Foundation the National Association for Criminal Defense Lawyers, Freedom Works, love Freedom Works, Restore the Fourth, the Due Process Institute, and many others. Quote from the ACLU. We have said again and again that Section 702 should not be reauthorized absent fundamental reforms. The Government Surveillance Reform Act meets this high standard. This legislation would address the countless abuses of Section 702 we have seen from the government, and it would ensure the protection of Americans' Fourth Amendment rights. Congress should not vote to reauthorize Section 702 without the critical reforms contained in this bill. Absolutely. No question about it. Absolutely. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli, if you want to weigh in right now uh, and everything we are discussing on a big post-Wednesday election edition, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, as we continue along here in our fourth and final hour, uh, just a reminder that tomorrow, which is what now, Thursday, I can't believe this week is flying by. Uh, No, not tomorrow, December 15th. We're at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. December 15th. I got to keep reminding myself of that. That's when we're going to be there again. So I want to see you there for that. All right, so make sure you join us for our fourth and final broadcast of the year at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. Not fourth and final. It'll be our fifth and final. I'm sorry, it's been a long week. It's been a long couple of days. I haven't slept because of the election. I haven't slept because I'm moving, you know, the movie, the move process into the new Zioli compound. So whenever that happens, of course, it, you know, completely exhausts you, as you know. Uh, the social justice is injustice. Excellent piece by the Wall Street Journal. Social justice is injustice. Support for Hamas derives from the fashionable idea that power determines what is right and what is wrong. Matthew Solomson and Ty Fortgang had a great piece on this, which is this notion that Americans have stood by the idea that is enshrined in this particular oath that federal judges take. I will administer justice without respect to persons and do equal right to the poor and the rich. These words come from the Bible and reflect a key principle of justice in the American tradition shaped by our 
Judeo-Christian heritage. Justice is not about power. Whether a party is right or wrong in a dispute doesn't depend on that person's identity and social station. For a long time, Americans have stood by that idea, considering it obvious. A powerful person could be regarded as a good guy or bad guy, depending on how he amassed and used his power. A powerless person might be virtuous or evil, depending on how he dealt with his circumstances. No longer. For many Americans today, justice, often with the modifier social before it, social justice, is precisely about power. Rejecting the ideal codified in the in the judicial oath. Academics, the intelligentsia, the government, have embraced the idea that power tells you all you need to know about who is right and who is wrong. The idea being that if you have the power, you are right. And if you don't have the power, you're wrong. That's the idea. That's not American, obviously. We know that. That is antithetical to everything we believe as Americans. And it frustrates me to no end. No question about it. And think about the power that the government uses against us all the time. Biden's regulators have actually gone after a Christian college. The feds went after Grand Canyon University for $37.7 million in what looks like unfair punishment. No question about it. The liberal press often frets with... uh, that Donald Trump would target his political opponents, right? We heard that for years. Didn't we hear that from Joe Scarborough all the time? Joe will go, Mika, Mika, we don't punish our political enemies in this country, Mika. We don't use our politics for, for this purpose, Mika. We don't do these things, Mika. Remember that? But that's exactly what Joe Biden's government has done time and again, time and again. Last week, the Biden Education Department put out a record find against Grand Canyon University. Why do we have an education department? You know, if I were president, that'd be the first thing I shut down was the Federal Department of Education, followed by the EPA. The Education Department, which I guess is supposed to make sure that, um, I don't know, the curriculum is woke. I I think it's their federal mandate. They dunned GCU, the nation's largest Christian college, $37.7 million for allegedly deceiving prospective students about the cost of its doctoral programs. The actual beef that the Department of Education had is that GCU charged students for taking courses while they complete their dissertation and that these costs weren't included in a table estimating the degree's total cost. But the number of continuation courses varies. Its disclosure makes clear that doctoral degrees, they're going to have lots of different kinds of continuous courses. And that these these courses average about $2,175 per course. So the education department claims that they buried this in the fine print, but the college comes out and says, I don't know, this disclosure is in full size. Red type, right above the degree program calculator. And if you can't figure this out, you probably shouldn't be trying to get an advanced degree. I mean, honestly, truly, right? The school's accreditor, the Higher Learning Commission, praised Grand Canyon University's transparency in 2021. Their recruitment and marketing materials are clear and transparent and financial information presented to students throughout the student life cycle is robust. That information on its doctoral program provides prospective students a clear picture of their academic and financial path. College says it's being targeted because it has sued the education department for refusing to recognize it as a nonprofit college. Progressive regulators 
probably also resent, you know, that the school's vocational training program are actually growing and community colleges are losing students. Remember, progressives love the idea of everybody being in a classroom, probably for the rest of their lives. They can indoctrinate you. You can graduate with a lot of debt. You, you, you're, you learn what they want you to learn. And then you're serving coffee with hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt. And they're okay with that. What they don't like is if you become a plumber or an electrician, a carpenter, a roofer, you know, a cop, you actually work for a living, a nurse, a doctor, a, a doctor who sees patients. They want you to have degrees like Joe Biden has. That's the kind of doctors they like. They want everybody to be in the liberal academic setting because that's how progressivism spreads because progressivism, progressivism is an idea that spreads through colleges like gonorrhea does in colleges. And let's face it, both spread quite a bit. I, allegedly, I never, anyway. Progressive, progressives oppose private competition in education, as you know. They hate that. And they're willing to use the government to punish schools that won't bow to their wishes. They do this often. They do this whenever they want, actually. It's just another example of the Biden administration targeting conservatives, targeting Christians, targeting people of faith. They do this all the time. Remember, they came after the Catholics, the Catholics who were speaking in Latin at mass. And Merrick Garland tried to threaten and intimidate them, too. It never stops with these people. These people never, ever stop. They continue to come after you and me. And this is why we keep talking about reigning in the government. This is why. This is the reason for it. And, and, and I am of the opinion, and I think probably you are as well, that unless we make a change in the presidency, we will never be able to rein this government in because these people love using government power against people who they don't like politically. They love it. They use it all of the time. And so whenever I hear these situations happening, whenever I look at all these things, I think to myself, the only thing that has to change is we need, we need a new president who's willing to go in there and tackle the deep state. Because if you don't do that, well, then they're gonna, the power is only going to keep growing. They like it. They have it. They use it. They use it all the time. It's what they do. And they never, ever stop doing it. All right. Um, Axelrod, David Axelrod, ending, uh, they'll put a bow on this from yesterday's show. He says, what gives Biden hope is that he's running against Trump. That's what he said. That's what gives Biden hope. But you know what? David Axelrod doesn't see it that way. He sees that Biden loses regardless of who Biden's running against. And he's probably not wrong. It's, he's not wrong on that point. I know that everybody's bummed about yesterday. I know that. And we talked a lot about that on the show today. But what I will say to you, and this is important, is to remember, this is not 2024. Every election is different. Everybody trying to make this election about something national is wrong and missing the point. This is not and was not a national election yesterday. These were local elections. Republican voter turnout stunk yesterday. It was awful. No question about it. The reasons for that, we will talk about for a long time to come. But what we did not see last night was MAGA extremism fail. That's not what we saw last night. We saw Republicans in most places stay home. Now we got to figure out why that is and how the Democrats have figured out how to maximize their get out the vote effort. But remember something. In Kentucky, they always vote Democrats for governor. Why they do this is anybody's guess, but they keep doing it and they do it over and over 
and over again. So please, just take this with you as I end the show right now and turn it over to the great one, Mark Levin. Everything about yesterday was about yesterday. It is not about 2024. Please don't make it about 2024. But don't forget the lesson from yesterday, which is that if Republicans do not embrace mail-in voting and do not embrace the tactics used by the Democrats, then it will be like yesterday, a year from now. Have a great rest of your night. The great one, Mark Levin, is up next. Keep the conversation going on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Thank you. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.